Blog Talk Radio. You 
Jesus, thank you, Lord, mighty Jesus. We pray in your name, Lord, that everyone listening, that every life listening, Lord Jesus, will come and be under your blood, the bloodshed and recovery, Lord. For in order to salve east to west, up and down, we bind us strong men and all hindering spirit, Lord, for in order to salve east to west, up and down. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jehoshua, mighty Lord, mighty God. Minister, O oh Lord, to your people according to their need, O oh Lord. Lord Jesus, everyone listen to be on the become under the blood of Jesus. Lord, to salvation the west, Lord Jesus, up and down. In Jesus' name, Yeshua name, Yeshua name. Oh Lord, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. Let your anointing, let your presence, let your power flow tonight in Jesus' name. Minister, Lord, according to the need of your people, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, give your people strength, Lord, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Jehoshua's name, Lord. Help your people against the 900 billion, trillion warriors, angels, Lord, to salvation up and down, Lord. Help your people against Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus' Lord Jehoshua, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Jehoshua's name, oh, Lord, of oh God. Help your people tonight, Lord, to log in. Lord, hallelujah, enable them to listen to your word and be ministered by you, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jehoshua's name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, mighty God. We thank you, Jesus, for your love and your mercy that endure forever, Lord Jesus. Lord God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's Tower. Praise you, Lord. I hope you've been seeking the Lord. You've been seeking God. You've been seeking to praise the Lord. Hallelujah, to have more of Jesus. Thank you, dear brother body, to have more of God. Praise you, Lord, that your life will be filled with his presence, his anointing more every day, preparing, getting ready for his coming. His coming is soon. His coming is close. And we thank the Lord for the privilege, praise God, to be able to serve him, to be able to seek him, to be able to prepare for his coming, because his coming is close. I was able to experience that yesterday morning, brothers and sisters, from the Lord. Praise you, God. I needed to be renewed by the Lord, and the Lord Jesus gave me that strength. Yesterday morning, praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. I thank you, Jesus. As he took me to the millennium, brothers and sisters, he took me to the millennium for several hours, the 1,000 reign with Christ. I had asked the Lord, and, and uh, hallelujah, in my prayer at night, if he was going to take me to the millennium after finishing my prayer, and the Lord said, yes, yes. So I got excited for it. Praise you, Lord. The more we can have our God, 
the more joy we'll get, brothers and sisters. And we need to continue to seek for that joy, to seek for that presence, to have more of the Lord in our life, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. To be more prepared for what is coming because there is a lot coming. There is, there is judgment. There is martial law. There is, hallelujah, bankruptcy, partial bankruptcy coming to this country. There is so much coming, and God wants us to be prepared. The Lord wants us to be prepared and all these things that are coming to be ready for his coming, to be ready, praise the Lord, because we do not want to be caught unprepared. And that's what the Lord was uh, speaking to me or showing me, brothers and sisters, that uh, his people are sleeping. Instead of preparing for his coming, a lot are sleeping, praise the Lord. And I don't want to discourage you, but I want to tell you the truth. Praise your Lord. And I don't think I will discourage you by telling you the truth because it's better to know than not to know, than not to be prepared. It's better to know to prepare than not to know and not be prepared. And the Lord wants us to be prepared. The Lord wants us to be ready for his coming because he is going to come for his bride. But he's going to come for the bride, praise the Lord, that, will, that have made herself ready. Thank you, Jesus. He wants us to be ready. Praise the Lord. Why? Because he loves us. And he loves us so much, brothers and sisters, that right where he is, he wants us also to be, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. But it has to be, we have to be obedient. Obedient is better than sacrifice. Thank you, Lord. And the Lord will lead us to be ready. The Lord will lead us to be prepared. And as we ask him to help us, he is willing He's not telling you to do this on your own. He's not telling you and I to do it on our own. He is teaching us and telling us that if we come to him and we ask him for help, thank you, Lord, if we ask him for help, he is willing to help us. But you see, it is, it is, it is, it is this thing of us that we need the help, but we are not crying out to God for help. Pride has blinded us. Not to see that we need the help, brothers and sisters. And that's what the Lord don't like, that we, he knows we need the help. He knows we need him. But not only that he knows that, but he's quickening us to know that we need him. <coughs> he's letting us know that there is need in our life of him for us to cry out to him and ask him for help. Praise the Lord. Well, yesterday morning, he took me to the millennium, and it was so nice to see the future that we are going to have with Christ, a thousand years with the Lord. As I noticed that the city in the millennium, praise the Lord, uh, brothers and sisters, all the city were at this time all done, all completed, and, and they were so beautiful. Of course, the technology that will be used in the millennium is a lot better than what we have now. They are similar, but they are better than what we have now. The buildings are not so tall as the one we have now, but you can tell that they are better. Better may. Thank you, Jesus. In the presence of the Lord in the millennium, my goodness, that is one of the beauty. As I spent a few hours there with the Lord, my strength was renewing his presence. Because his presence, hallelujah, is so strong 
and so real in that millennium, you got total peace. You, have, you don't have one concern, because right now we have many. But in the millennium, brothers and sisters, not one concern comes to our mind. Thank you, Jesus. Not one concern comes to our life. We are in peace, total peace, total joy. Brothers and sisters, we know that we're there to do the will of God, and that's what we want to do. Thank you, Lord. Yes, it gives us the freedom that he gave out in even the garden, for sure, brothers and sisters. He's going to give us that, 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 that peace, that joy, the freedom, and everything is available to us, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. And obedience, of course, God demands obedience as he demanded from Adam and Eve. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I rejoice being there and, and being strengthened by the Lord in his presence. Thank you, Lord. And I have no worry, no concern. Uh, I mean, I have no knowledge of these things. As I spending those hours, the only time I could remember being worried about these things that when I was brought here, and spending a few hours and right where we are, that's when I began to think about life and all that, and that's when worry and concern set in. But being in the millennium, you have no worry. You have no concern of anything. God will take care of you. Praise the Lord. And that's what the Lord wants to do with each and one of us. He wants to take care of us. But right where we are, we need to cry out to the Lord. We need to call unto the name of Jesus. We need, to, we need to go to God. God knows our need, first of all. He knows. But he also knows that a pride is in between God and us, brothers and sisters. The pride for he sees from afar, the Bible says. And praise the Lord. So God wants us, brothers and sisters, to cry out to him now with all of our heart, letting God know our need, that he already knows. But he wants to hear us from our heart, brothers and sisters, that we are trusting him, that we are depending on him. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to go into the word of God, brothers and sisters. We're going to read this. Praise the Lord. What is to have faith in Christ, to have faith in the Lord? What is it to have faith? We're going to talk about what is to have faith, brothers and sisters. Because I can tell you that in all the trip to heaven, I've seen so much. In all my trip to the millennium, to the future, I've seen so much. And I know that will encourage you, but also I want to teach you what the Word says about faith. Brothers and sisters, that we need to trust God, and we need to come to him by faith. It is so important, praise the Lord. And how do we grow in faith? How do we obtain faith more every day in Christ? Because Christ is our faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. It was something so beautiful the Lord revealed to me this week. Praise you, Lord. And before I go into the message, I want to share this. If you go to with me to Matthew 24, thank you, Jesus. I want to show you something that to me was so amazing to learn from the Lord. Praise you, God. There is so much that the Lord wants to teach us. He, he is all wisdom, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. In Matthew 24, I want you to see something. Thank you, Lord. I don't know how many of you. Thank you, Lord, have seen what Matthew 24 says. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 24, praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is so good. God is so awesome. What a, what a mighty God we serve. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. 
In Matthew 24, verse 1 says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came unto him to show him the building of the temple. And that, that, let me tell you, that second temple was a beautiful temple. That, that temple that Herod built for God was, was a tremendous temple. I don't know if you've seen online, they have a software of what the temple looked like. The, temp, the second temple of Herod was such a beautiful temple. Praise you, Lord. Verse 2 now. And Jesus said unto him, See ye not all these things? Verily I said unto you, There should not be here left a stone upon stone that should not be cast down. Thank you, Lord. Now, we know that when Jesus spoke about the destruction of the temple that will come down, he was talking about his own body, his own body. Well, the temple, what the Lord was showing me, is as significant as the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. That's why when Solomon said that if they come to this temple and they, re- they will repent of their, of their sin, you will hear from heaven and you will, and you will forgive there is sin. In other words, the temple is a type of Christ. Or, or let me say it this way. Christ is revealed through the temple, brothers and sisters. The Messiah, the temple is a revelation of the Messiah, Jesus. The Lord was revealing to me. I said, oh, this is so awesome. This is so beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The temple it's a revelation of Jesus. Just like the sun is a revelation of Christ. The star that gives light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The sun, he is the sun. The sun revealed Jesus. Praise you, Lord. So is the temple. Because Jesus intercedes for us day and night. And when Solomon prayed to God, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. When Solomon prayed to God that if they come to this place and they will repent their sin, you will hear from heaven and you forgive the sin. Well, there's a type of Christ. Through Christ Jesus, our sins are forgiven when we repent. Brothers and sisters, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? You see why the temple is so significant to the Jewish people. They don't even know why. I love it because I have a rabbi follower. Thank you, Jesus. I have rabbi followers. And when I share some of these things, it touches their heart so much. Their heart burns for God. Thank you, Jesus. They learn about the Messiah. Because they're like, how do you know Torah? How do you have these revelations? Praise your story. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Messiah, Jesus, that gives us these revelations about the Word of God. So the temple is a revelation of Jesus. It is another way that God uses to reveal his Messiah. That if they come there and repent, God will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins. That if we come to Jesus and we repent our sins, God will hear from heaven and will forgive our sins. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Thank you, Lord. Not a lot of rabbi knows this. Or maybe none. Praise the Lord. But it burns in their heart. Why? Why do they want to make the temple? Because it's a representation of the Messiah who forgives their sins. Isn't the Lord great, brothers and sisters? Isn't God great? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my goodness, he is so awesome. What a great God we serve, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Again, Romans 11, 6 says, But without faith, 
it is impossible to please him. It is impossible possible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that God is. In other words, he must believe of the existence of God. You see what is in question today by the atheists. The existence of God is what is in question. Thank you, Jesus. The assistance of God is what is in question. The, so him that comes to God must believe in the assistance of Father God. In, in the assistance of Yahweh, Yahweh, Jehovah God. They must believe in the assistance of the Messiah, Jesus. That's what God is saying. Praise the Lord. That's why the devil, there is so much on the internet and on television about the, 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 the assistance of God. Whether God exists or not. Brothers and sisters, whether God exists or not. Of course, the assistance of God is real. That is real. That's why the devil is coming against the assistance of God. Thank you, Jesus. Because Paul says that the assistance of God, it is revealed to all men by his creation. What creation? Well, if you look to the Jewish people, how can God be revealed to you or humanity through the temple that God told them to build? That's one way that the Messiah can be revealed to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. To the creation. Now, if we look at God's creation, how can the Messiah be revealed to us? The sun, the moon, the stars, all creation. And space represents God, represents the creator. Through him, all things were created. Thank you, Jesus. I just wanted to share that because some of you, hallelujah, may, may need to hear this. Praise your Lord. Again, I want to remind you this because the Lord told me this today. He spoke this to me. The Lord says, remind them that each and one of them are special, that I created each and one of them special to Hallelujah. And none are the same. Each and one of human beings are unique. Praise you, Lord. God wants, to, wants me to tell you this afternoon, this night, about the uniqueness that he made in each, in each human being. Each and one of you are unique. So if one of you goes to hell, if one of you are lost, great things is lost. It will hurt God if you get lost. If you end up going to, hell, going to hell, it will hurt God because you are unique. There's not true of you. And all God creation, your mother can never have another one of you because when God formed you in the womb of your mother, God formed you special to him. You have gifts and you, have, and you got talent. Putting you by God, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, that will match, hallelujah, how special you are to God. That will mean to God how special you are to God. Thank you, Jesus. And God was telling me to remind his people, special they are, and how unique they are. I have forgotten about this. I, I was not getting ready to tell you that. I was getting ready for this Bible study. Thank you, Lord. And as I was getting ready... Also, I'm asking the Lord to give me a word for you, and he tells me, tell them how unique they are. Thank you, Lord. Remember that. You are unique. There is not two of you. Hallelujah. 
He's going to create you. Not two of you. If you are lost, great things is lost. Great creation is lost. A special someone is lost if you are lost. Please serve Christ. Please do not be lost. Praise you, Lord. But if you walk, thank you, Jesus, without Christ, you are lost. Because he is the light. You don't know where you're going. He is the way. How can you see where you're going when he's the way? And he is the light that will enlighten your way. His word is the light. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Oh, my goodness. He's awesome. He's speaking to someone. His presence, his anointing, is touching someone's heart. Know and understand that you are unique and that you are special. There's not two of you. I tell you, there is not two bodies men in all creation. I'm sorry for anybody else, but there's still not two bodies men. There's, there's not two house mama. There's, there's not two Marietta. There's, there's, there's not two north. There is not two. There is not two. I'm any other one listening to me. There's not two of you. This is the sad part. And if, if, if someone get lost, there's not two of you. That I can say, well, if you're lost, it's okay because I'm going to see someone else, another one of you in heaven. That's not possible. You see? That's not possible. You are unique. God was reminding me that, of that, of his uniqueness and his creation. Thank you, Lord. And when someone is unique, that there's no two of them. And that's you and I, brothers and sisters. This is why we, we need to open our mouth and speak the word of God. Thank you, Lord. We are made in the image of God with our own uniqueness and all God's creations. Thank you, Lord. This is why we need to seek for Jesus. Our lives need to be ready for him every day, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Let me go into the word now. Thank you, Jesus. Again, God is so awesome. In James chapter 2, praise the Lord. I want to go into James chapter 2 today. I have shared Jane before chapter 1. What a beautiful chapter that is. Thank you, Lord. But I want you to go with me in Jane chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. There are some things there that I want to share with you. Praise the Lord. And it's regarding to faith, of course. Yes, regarding to faith. Thank you, Lord. Come on, by, come on uh, computer, move. Thank you, Lord. You got to move, computer. Praise you, Lord. I need to share the word. God is so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God is so awesome. God, I praise the Lord. When the computer don't want to work, praise the Lord. Don't get angry. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. There is a purpose for everything. Hallelujah. Everything that is done under the sun. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm in James chapter 2 now. James chapter 2, verse 1, my brethren, have not faith, hallelujah, have not faith of the glorious Lord Jesus Christ in respect of a person. For if they come to you a company of men with a gold ring and godly apparel, and they come also a poor man in bio and raiment, and ye have respect to him that wears the, the, the gay clothing, and say unto him, Set thou here, hallelujah, in a goodly place. And say to the poor, stand out there, and say here under my footstool, footstool, I'm sorry. As you not partial in your, in your sir, selves, hallelujah, and now become judges of evil thoughts. Praise the Lord. Yes, we need to be careful with these things. 
Praise the verse 5. Hearken, my beloved brother, how that God shows them the poor of this world, that they should be rich in faith, ear of the kingdom which he promised to them that love him. Again, hearken, my beloved brother. He is encouraging us to hearken to Hearken to what? To his word, his promise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hearken to his promise. It's what God wants each and one of us to do, brothers and sisters. Hearken to his promise. He has made us great promises, and we need to hearken to them, especially in these last days that you and I are in, my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Hearken, my brother, my, my brother, how now God chosen the poor of this world, that they be rich in faith. Thank you, Lord. Why is it more important to God that you be more rich in faith than rich in money? Praise you, Lord. Why is it more important to God that you will have more faith than more money? I'm comparing it to something liberal now. But you cannot see faith. But you can see the outcome of faith. Thank you, Jesus. Why is that? I heard a testimony Years ago, of a man of God that was taken to heaven, God took him to the time when God said through the prophet Habakkuk in heaven that the righteous to walk by faith. One of the angels on the throne says, Father, wait a minute, God. How can you say that man on earth will walk by faith when, when, when we, we the angel? We can see you. We can see your face. We can come to your throne every day and see you and enjoy being in your presence. How can men on earth serve you by faith, God? Father, how can men on earth serve you by faith when they cannot see you? Praise you, Lord. That, that, will, be almost, that will be so difficult for men. He said, yes, but I will make it possible to them. I will reveal myself to them through faith. Through faith, I will come to them. My power will move in their life through faith as they come to me and believe my promise through faith. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. God is inviting his creation, you and I, to come to him by faith, to approach him, to proclaim his promises, to pray about his promises. Hallelujah. And know, and know that you know, believe that you know, understand that you know promises are true and faithful. And God cannot fail. He has never failed his creation. Why will he fail you and I, my brother and my sister? Why will Father fail you and I when in trillions upon trillions upon trillions of years he had not failed anyone? He had not failed not even once. Why would he fail you and I now? Praise the Lord. When the word, his word teaches us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why will he fail you unless you doubt and don't believe? That is a different 
But if you come to him with faith as the sigh of a master sea, he will not fail you. If you come with such a little faith, almost unseen faith, God cannot fail you. With such a little faith, you come to him. And if you can speak to the mountain, why would Jesus teach and say that if thou hast faith as a master sea, thou would speak to the mountain, be thrown into the sea, and it will obey. Because with God, it's what he said, what he meant. With God, with God, all things are possible. Because to God, because to God, all things are possible. Praise the Lord. With God, all things are possible. To God, all things are possible. He doesn't have a problem moving a mountain into the sea. As he sees the faith in your life, as you move, speak, believe, expect, embrace, and proclaim and declare, he makes it possible for you and I, brothers and sisters. But you have to be in his word. You have to believe his word. His word must be in your heart, so deep in your soul, so deep in your life, there's an anchor to you. Ships need anchors. Both the anchors. Christian needs the word as an anchor. Thank you, Jesus. We need the word, brothers and sisters. You and I need to be in the word. Praise the Lord. We need to believe that word that came out of a God's heart, of our God's heart, that will now return void. Thank you, Jesus. God wants us to believe him. God wants us to believe his word. That what he promised us, he cannot fail. It is impossible to God to fail. Praise you, Lord, because he's the true, the life, in the way. That is Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for Jesus. The heir of the kingdom, which he's promised to them that love him. It's not that we're asking God to give us his kingdom. It is that God has promised us a kingdom. Brothers and sisters, we are the heir of his promise. Why will we inherit his kingdom? Because he promises to us. And all God is asking you and I is to believe him. That's all he's asking us. He's asking us to believe his word. He's asking us, brothers and sisters, to hold on to his promise, to believe that his promise are true. Praise you, Lord. And that he, if he made that promise to us, which he did, he made those promises to us. He's not going to fail us ever. And his promises are going to come to pass. Because God is not a man that he will lie. He is not the son of man that he will repent. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. He loves us so much. Brothers and sisters, he loves us so much. And he is not... Like the devil, no way. He's holy and pure. Praise you, God. Everything he made promised to us, he's going to bring it to pass. 
He's going to make it come to pass because he made that, that promise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Now let's, let's go now down to his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. James 2.20. But with thou un- understand, O thou vain man, but thy faith which is without work is dead. Brothers and sisters, if we tell God, I believe you, if we tell Jesus, I believe your promise, I believe your word, now what would the Lord seek to see in your life if you say to him you believe it? If you tell God in prayer you believe it, what would God be looking to see in your life? Action. Action. If you tell God you believe him, God will seek that you are praying, that you are fasting, that you are believing his word. If you say to God, God, I believe your word, God is going to say, where is your prayer life now? Where is your prayer life? Where is your fasting life? Where is your consecration life? Where is your thy holiness and righteousness? Because the holiness and righteousness of the Christ is Jesus Christ. Are you coming to Jesus? Are you repenting your sin? Are you asking the Lord every day to help you not to sin? Are you asking the Lord to help you to keep his commitment? Are you asking the Lord to help you to be holy, to help you to be righteous, to help you to be faithful? Are you praying that you don't want to have no pride in your life, that you want to be meek, you want to be humble, you want to be like Jesus. You want to be like the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, be thou perfect like thy Father that is in heaven. Are you seeking to be perfect like your Father that is in heaven? All these things need to be in our prayer life. And God is seeking to those men and women that say to him, I love you. Where is your action? I believe in you. Where is your action? Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. He's seeking the action in our life that we are proclaiming through our mouth that we have. Because when you say, I'm a believer, God looks for the fruit of the Spirit. When you say, I believe your word, God looks for the fruit of your word. Do you, are you, do you have those fruit? Are you showing God that when you say you believe him, you pray and you fast? This is how the prophet in all time did. When they say they believe in God, what did they do? Brothers and sisters, they prepare. They fast. They pray. They saw the face of God. Brothers and sisters, it's what they did. Because it's what showed God that they are serious. It showed God that they are serious. Hallelujah. God is not pleased in those that say they are, but he sees no action in their life. They say they believe, but where is your prayer life? They say they are God's church. Where is your dedication, sanctification, your purification? Are you staying from the things of the world, from the sinful things of the world? How much are you asking the Lord to help you? Because he told his disciples in John 15, without me there's nothing you can do. Praise the Lord. In other words, seek the Lord for his help. Seek the Lord to help you. Walk by faith. Live 
by faith. It is only Jesus that can help us, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Look at the faith of Noah. In Hebrew chapter 11, verse 7 says, By Noah, being warm of God, of those things which were not just seen, move with reverence and prepare the ark to the saving of its household, to which the ark, he condemned the well and was made heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. What does what the Bible say when it says that he, he condemned the well? Well, he was so faithful to God. And what he did, he showed to God that men could come to him by faith. Men could prepare. Men can move by reverence, by the fear of God. He chose to. The other men could have cho- chosen as well. To do it. So he condemned them. Praise the Lord. By showing God he could, God could see that everyone could do it. But Noah chose to do it. They chose not to do it, which that's the difference. What are you choosing to do? It's what you're showing God by faith that you believe him, that you're, you're waiting for Jesus. I thank you, Lord. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obey God. To go into a place which he should afterward receive from inheritance, and went out knowing whether he went, not knowing whether he went, knowing not whether he went. He, Abraham had no idea where he was going. Abraham had no idea where he was going, but he believed God. God told him to go out. Okay, Lord, family, prepare your tent. Prepare the mule, prepare the donkey, prepare the horse, prepare the sheep, prepare the clothing, prepare your back, and let's move. Let's move, family. Wife, let's move. Son, let's move. He prepared his household to move. Let's get out of here. God said, let's move, let's go. Let's get things ready. All right, let's move. Let's, let's put things on the donkey. Let's, let's do what God, God is calling us to move. Let's move. Let's get the bag on top of the donkey. Slay. Move, move, move. God says move. Let's move. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is saying it's coming, and people are busy doing something else. Instead of being busy preparing to receive the Lord, to be ready to cut up in the air, they're doing something else. And we got an example of Noah. God told him he was going to destroy his generation. All right, wife. All right, children. Let's make this ark that God told us to make. Let's get the wood ready. Let's get the wood on the donkey and the animal. Let's bring the wood together. Let's assemble all the wood here. Let's get all the glue. Let's get everything we need. Let's get this ark ready. Thank you, Jesus. That was what pleased God. That with the action they took, and shown God the faith they had. Shows a generation to come the faith they had. They moved by faith. They did not put it off. You know what I'm doing now? I'm preparing to what Jesus has told me is coming. Praise the Lord. I'm preparing here in Asheville, North Carolina, to what Jesus is telling me is coming. He already told me it's coming. I'm preparing with my family and I. We're preparing with food. With the things we're going to need in an emergency, he showed me martial law is coming. We're preparing. 
He showed me this judgment coming before the rapture. We are preparing. We're getting ready. Praise the Lord, because I believe God. Because I walk by faith. I lead by faith. I'm preparing. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. God is so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, verse 11. No, faith, Sarah also receives strength to conceive seed. In other words, she had no strength to have this child because she was in old age. But she believed. Husband said, What? You're going to have a child soon? Praise the Lord. She believed. Although she laughed first. Hallelujah. She laughed. Praise the Lord. Because she was in own age. But she believed. She believed God. She believed what God told him. She believed what Jesus told him. And what she do? She began to prepare for her child. What the children need? A crib? Let's get the crib ready. What does children need? Clothing? Let's get the clothing ready. What do they need? Milk? Powder milk? Let's get the powder milk. Well, in that, that time, they may not have powder milk, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that, Noah. I can see martial law 100%, brother. Yes, it's coming. The Lord show me that soon to come is judgment. Partial bankruptcy and martial law is coming. And he's not only has shown me several hundreds of people. I mean, put it up on Facebook and see the hundreds of people. I was putting it up. Hundreds of people literally have seen judgment to come in the U.S. And why are people asleep? Anointed people have seen it. And why are people asleep? Praise the Lord. Because they don't want to prepare. They want to be lazy. There's a lot of laziness in God among God's people, the Lord told me. Laziness. Lazy to pray. Lazy to fast. Lazy to do all these things. When we call people here to do fasting, you won't believe all of the excuses that people are writing to me. Not to fast, and they ask me to do it for them. Laziness. Laziness. If we ask people to come, that we're going to have enough food and not meat for everyone to eat, hundreds and thousands of people will come. But if when it's for fasting, excuses, excuses, and excuses, they make laziness, brothers. Hallelujah. And people don't realize how lazy they are. We need to repent for laziness. We need to rebuke that spirit of laziness. Hallelujah. We need to rebuke that in Jesus' name. We need to rebuke that spirit of laziness and our excuses. And ask the Lord to give us the strength to help us to do this and prepare as they prepare. They did not sit around to wait. They did not sit around to wait. They prepare. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. They prepare. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham offered a Isaac when he was a tribe so that he received the promise of him, oh, oh, the only begotten son. Isaac, again, is a type of Jesus. Praise the Lord. And what God was going to do, give up his son to die on the cross, was shown through Isaac when he called Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, his only son, his only son. God called Abraham to go sacrifice Isaac. And what did Abraham do? All right, let's prepare the donkey. Let's get the word. Let's get the knife. And let go to the mountain to sacrifice Isaac. He did not hesitate, brothers and sisters. 
He got early in the morning, prepared the sun, prepared the word, let's go. Father, where are we going? God will provide the sacrifice by faith. And he went out to sacrifice his son. And when the angel of the Lord saw Abraham taking out a knife, ready to behead his own son, Abraham, hold on, do not harm the child. It pleases God that thou believe, Abraham. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that Abraham move. That Abraham move. It pleases God, his obedience. His obedience before God pleases God because Abraham was told what to do, and Abraham moved. And God was pleased by his obedience. You see, when you move, when you prepare, brothers and sisters, when you prepare, when you move, you please God because that's what he wants you and I to do. For even if God repents later on and decides not to bring the judgment because he had done this, even if he repents and decides not to bring the judgment, at least you and I move by faith, and that will please God. That alone will please God, even if people repent later on and God's Hallelujah, repent of the judgment he already declared because he had done this and decided not to bring the judgment anytime soon. Praise the Lord, at least we have been obedient. And you don't know what obedient child is holding upon in heaven. It is, it is hold very high when we, the bride of Christ, are obedient to God because we don't see God necessarily, brothers and sisters. We believe by faith and we move by faith. And everything we do is by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Abraham was tested by God. He was being tested. But Abraham didn't know that. When God tests you and I, he don't tell us, oh, this is a test, my son or my daughter. No. He'll tell us what to do. He'll tell us, prepare that I'm going to do this. And he will be tested. As he's telling us, but we don't know. Abraham had no idea what God was doing. But he said, sacrifice your only son Isaac. Praise you, Lord. And he moved by faith. And when he took out the knife and was about to behead Isaac, thank you, Jesus. The angel of the Lord says, Don't harm the child. Praise you, Jesus. Hold on, Abraham. And do not harm the child. What was God doing? He was testing his, his son, Abraham. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. God wants us to be obedient. He calls us to do it now. We do it. Although he might repent, we do it. Because he wants obedience. He wants obedience from you and I. Thank you, Jesus. Although some people may be laughing later on saying to you, Oh, I knew nothing was going to happen. No, that's being disobedient. God is not pleased with that person who said, Well, I didn't prepare because he had done this before. He never did anything, so I didn't prepare. Oh, disobedience. That is disobedient. You will have very little in heaven. If you ever get to heaven and you live this way, you will have very little in heaven. When the time comes for the Lord to give you your reward, he's going to tell you, that's your house there. That's your house right there. Lord, but that's a house maybe for a pig. No, that's your house. That's your mansion there. Lord, but that's a house for a pig or a chicken. That's your house because you never walk by faith. You never believe me on earth when I told you to do this and that. It's by faith, brothers and sisters. It's by faith. And do not question God. Abraham did not question God. He obeyed. Thank you, Jesus. He obeyed. He obeyed. And you will be rewarded for your obedience. 
Remember that. He will reward you for your obedience in heaven. You'll receive great reward in heaven. And you'll be like, Lord, but what is all this reward? Lord, what is all these gifts you have for me? My daughter, my son, because what I told you, you listen, you obey, and you prepare. Receive your reward. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Jesus, show me in heaven. I remember, look, my son, all the reward I have for my children. And when I look, a huge warehouse in heaven, full of pallets of pallet bags in heaven, being moved by redeems, brothers and sisters. And, and all these, I could not see all the gifts that were there because they are for those people who are going to receive them. But in one of the side of the warehouse, Jesus points and says, those there are yours, my son. And I look, and I look of all those gifts there. They were packed. They are like packing gifts that you cannot see what's inside. Because only at the wedding, when we get raptured at the wedding, when we depart, the departure, brothers and sisters, when we depart and we meet Jesus in the end, we go into heaven with Jesus, our leader, our rabbi, our chief. When we go in with Jesus and he gives us our reward, we're going to unwrap our reward in heaven. It's going to be awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He's going to reward your obedience. He says it, he says that in, in, hallelujah, in Revelation 22, my reward is with me to give according, according to each one of them. Hallelujah. According to thy work. The work is what you do, your action. Move for Jesus. Move for God. And prepare like Noah, like Abraham. Prepare. Thank you, Jesus. That was so awesome, so so awesome. Thank you, Lord. We need to prepare. We need to move. Hallelujah. James 2.21, was not Abraham, our father, justified through works when he offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? See, as he moved and offered up his son, hallelujah, took the knife, bowed the son, prepared the wood, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He took out the knife to kill Isaac, to offer him as a sacrifice. The angel of the Lord said, do not harm the, the child. Why did he jail with such an urgency? Why did he stop Abraham with such an urgency? Why? Because the, God knew that Abraham would have beheaded Isaac. That's the faith that Abraham had. He was not kidding around. Whatever God told him to do, he will do. He will move. He will get it done. He's not like so many Christians today. That God tells them to prepare for judgment, and they're still questioning whether there's going to be any judgment. Oh, that is so disobedient to God. That is so disobedient. God wants obedience for each one of us. Obedient. You can never give God more than what God can give you. We need to be obedient. I thank you, Jesus. Verse 22, see that thou, now that the faith brought with him works, and through the work was faith made perfect. You want to grow in faith? You want your faith to be made perfect? You need to move. You need to have action in your life. You need to move for the Lord. You need to prepare. You need to be seeking the Lord. You need to be in prayer. You need to be fasting. You need to be sanctifying your life for Christ, brothers and sisters. Those are the actions that God is seeking for you and I in these last days, daily repentance. 
because we sin daily much. We need much repenting, brothers and sisters. If we were not, if we did not, if we did not sin so much, why would in heaven we don't need repentance? Because there's no sin in heaven. That's why. But I'm heard we need lots of repentance because we have a lot. We sin a lot. That's why. But when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, thank you, Lord. I want to touch something here in verse 22. James said that the faith of Abraham was made perfect. In other words, that your faith, that my faith can be perfect if we obey God and we move and we have action. You have a lot of Christians saying no one can be perfect. Oh, you are so wrong if you think this way. Because everything is possible with God. I can do all things to Christ. Stop the Apostle Paul who threatened me. And if you say you cannot, that's your level of faith. But all things are possible with God. Your faith can be perfect in Christ. If you have action, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. You can be perfect in Christ in faith. Oh, Christ can make you perfect in him by faith because all things are possible with God. I can do all things to Christ who threatened me. I thank you, Jesus. As I asked the Lord the other night, Lord, please take me to the millennium. I needed some rest. I needed to rest in his presence. As Jesus took me to the millennium and let me spend hours in the millennium contemplating his work, resting in his presence, as the Lord brought me back, I began to believe how much the Lord can do in our life when we believe. That's what I, the right, what I began to meditate. As I saw what the Lord did with me, I began to meditate what God can do in our life. A dear sister was telling me this past week, Brother Alvy, you know, I prayed that the Lord take me, to, took, take me to heaven for a while, and finally he did. I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus, sister was saying. I saw Jesus. I saw him. Praise the Lord. I, no, no, he didn't take her to heaven. He saw, she saw Jesus, is what she was telling me. She saw Jesus finally. And she, she was telling me, hallelujah, how she saw Jesus, brothers and sisters, how beautiful his eyes looked, his hair, his face looked. He's indescribable. But she finally saw him. How long that she wanted to see him. If she would have spoke with Christian with little faith or none, they would have told her it was impossible. But she, she, she is a friend of mine, dear friend of mine. And when people say to me, can I see the Lord? I say, yes, you can. Pray and fast and seek him. I don't, think, I don't discourage people from, from, from really coming close to God, even being taken to heaven, a different part of heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's not me. It's not in my heart. It's not in my life. I rebuke those that do that. And I don't get together with those that do that because there's a lot of people that discourage people. A lot of people say, I wish I, be, I, I can be taken to heaven. They say, oh, no, that's not possible. Only the prophet, God did that too. That is a lie. And a lie from the pit of hell, brothers and sisters. And I don't associate with people who say, oh, God, that you cannot do that. 
You cannot be taken to heaven. You cannot be taken to the millennium. On the contrary, lots of people that begin to listen to the Lord's hour have been taken to the millennium, have been taken to heaven, have, been, have seen Jesus, and the Lord is talking to them with an audible voice. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. All things are possible with Christ. I can do all things to Christ who threatened me, brothers and sisters. I thank you, Jesus. I say this, I remember, in a message with the power of God moved, and God healed many people and saved many people and baptized people in the Holy Spirit with his Holy Spirit in tongues. Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. As I was preaching, the Lord put in my heart to say that I can do all things to Christ. And when they looked at me, the Lord came in my life, and it was so powerful. And Jesus began to baptize and save people at that moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. It's what I live that I share. I'm not going to share something I'm not living in Christ. It's what I see the Lord almost every day do in my life that I share with you. I'm not going to come here and tell you something that is not happening in my life. That's nonsense and foolishness and lie. I'm not going to come here and lie to you. I'm going to come here and share with you what the Lord is doing in my own life. Thank you, Lord. And if the Lord can do it with me, if the Lord can do it with friends, with people that, that, that are around me, with friends that are close with me, he can also do it with you. I, I know people from different states. I talk to people, brothers and sisters, from different states almost every day. Praise you, Lord. I tell you this, I speak with people from different states almost every day. I speak with people almost every week from different countries, whether through Facebook, through email, through the phones. I know people almost from every single country. And I don't want to be prideful about this. I'm sorry if you think I'm being prideful. But I'm telling you, they share with me what God is doing in their life through the Lord's hour. God is doing amazing things in people's life. As they hear the Lord's hour, they go into prayer, they go into fasting, they go into seeking the Lord, and then they see what the Lord is doing in their life. They see what the Lord is doing in their life. I had a pastor in my house yesterday whose daughter listened, was backsliding and came back to the Lord through the Lord's hour. I thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And the, and the daughter told the pastor what happened and the pastor contacted me last year and said, my daughter came to the Lord through you, through you. The Lord used you, one of your message for my daughter to come to, to the Lord. I want to meet you, Elvis. Can I meet you? Can I come to your house and meet you in North Carolina? I said, why not? You can come. Praise the Lord. Praise you, God. And they came. And we, we've been great, group, good friends after that in the Lord. And we prayed together. Praise the Lord. And God moved. He have invited me to his church. And God have healed people and saved people. The Lord Jesus, I come there. And they, they, they love me so much. I love them so much too. Praise the Lord. God can do so much if you believe. You just need to believe. But in order for you to receive, to believe and receive, you need to have action in your life. You need to have action. You need to seek the Lord with your heart. Lean on and not on your own understanding, but understand that the Lord can make all things possible in your life. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I've seen great miracles in people's lives over the years. Praise the Lord. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing more. I believe that what happened last year, 
the year before, the year before, the year before, the year before, the year before is past. I want to see greater things than what I've seen so far. I think God has raised the dead through my own hand. I think God bringing the soul practically from the pit of hell back into the body and bringing the, the body back alive. I seen that with my own life, and other witnesses there too. Praise the Lord! I want to see more. I wonder what else can God do. <laughs> I wonder what else He can do if He can raise the dead. I seen people in Hallelujah in emergency at the hospital, different hospital. God has sent me there. God has raised the dead. I wonder what else God can do. I seen God baptize people in tongues. I wonder what else God can do. I have seen God giving people a uh, gift of healing, gift of miracle, almost, almost almost every single gift. I wonder what else God can do now. <laughs> I thank you, Lord. I'm looking to see more. Praise you, Jesus. You see, I've seen so much already, but I know there's so much I, I, I could see it also. So I wonder what else he could do. I've already seen him. Some people say, you've already seen it all, brother. No, I'm not. There's still so much I, I, I need to see the Lord doing people's life. I've seen the Lord taking someone, praise Jesus, hallelujah. I've seen the Lord taking a man that thought that his life can never change, be arrested from, by the authority in prison, praying over this man, and seeing this man, a man that was a gangster, that was out there, ready to kill anybody, or ready to be killed by anyone, selling drugs. I think God changed this man into an honest man and into a man of God and a family man who, who he would never be born. An honest man who's back to work now for the first time. I seen, I seen people who have told me, all I did all my life was sell drugs until this moment. Praise you as they give the light to Jesus. And after that, I seen what God has done afterward. Turn them into good men. Hallelujah. Men are good now. Men are good for the community. Before they were drug sellers. Now they, they God has changed them into good men. Men that were willing to help the community. That had given their influence to the community. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But the, when, I, when I was sent there by God, they thought I was funny. They thought I was funny. They thought, someone thought I was crazy. And a few years after, hallelujah, after their life was changed by the Lord, some, the majority baptized by the Lord. Hallelujah. We started with men, gangster, all, all kinds of people from the street one time in the prison. I told them that by the time God was going to take us out of there. They will be changed men. And they look at me like, where did this guy come with this message from? A year after, they were changed by the power of God. God moved. And when they felt that strong power of God, hallelujah, moved in their life, something they never felt before, things they never seen before, their, their life turned from non-believer to believer. And finally said, oh, they, re they surrender the life to the Lord. And their life would change. Praise the Lord completely by the Lord. And he came to be good man. And a lot of those men are ministers today. Uh, one, one of the men are a great pastor in Florida today. Thank you, Lord. I've been invited by him to visit his church. Praise the Lord. But I, I have not 
gone. But, uh, you know, I have meditated that I need to go there. Thank you, Lord. Testify what the Lord did in his life and what the Lord has done in my life and what the Lord can do in many other people's lives. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. As God changed his life many years ago. Hallelujah. He, he, he began to work in a church with over, what, 100 or 200 people. And in a few months, God had turned the church into over 400 people, 454 people in Florida. Thank you, Lord. Under the power, he learned to know Jesus. And once you learn the master and you believe what the Lord can do, he can do in other people. And as he began the work of God, he went to people's homes and pray for them, and God moved, and God began to change the neighborhood. Thank you, Lord. I heard the testimony of what God did in his life afterwards, because there was a brother who in Massachusetts was in contact with him after. Praise the Lord. But God is awesome. God can do anything. Hallelujah. And I have seen lots, but I think there's a lot more I need to see that God can do in people's life. And I tell people, all things are possible with God. Thank you, Jesus. I've seen broke men and women that have given their life to the Lord, and the Lord has provided and has very good job today. Thank you, Lord. Very good home, very good car. People could not afford a car for $500. God, hallelujah. Got thousands of dollar card or brand new card. The Lord has made it possible in their life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. The Lord can do anything, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. People that were broke, that have nothing, that they, they could pull their packet to you or show you the wallet if they have one and show you how broke they were. Not a penny in the bank. And God changed their life. And God provided job. And they went and work and they got promoted. And now they got great position. Because all things are possible with God. It's with God. It's Jesus coming in your heart. It's Jesus coming in your life. Jesus walking with you. And Jesus beginning to change you. Change your belief. Going from doubt to believe. To believe to greater faith. To believe to greater things. Thank you, Lord. He can take you for the little. Hallelujah. Begin with a master seed. But once that seed is planted in the field that is Christ, that is God, it begins to grow, and your life begins to change. And he changed you for the best. I thank you, Lord. He changed you to be a better woman. He'll change you to be a, be- a, better, a better wife. Hallelujah. A better employee or a better employer. Thank you, Lord. He'll change your life for the best, for the better. Glory. You're given glory when God gets a hold of your life. When Jesus began to change your life, you were given glory. Because he deserves all the glory. He'll change you. He'll transform your life. He'll make your life better. Your life may be bitter now, but he can make it better. He can change your life from better to better. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He can give you favor, his favor. Hallelujah. In his favor in your life, my goodness, he can take you to places where you thought you never could be. Can go on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God can do so much. God can do so much. Praise you, Lord. We need to get with Jesus. 
You need to get with the Lord. Repent your sin. Get on your knees, whatever you are now, and repent. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There was a homosexual young man that, that was listening to the Lord's Tower to one of his friend's computer. One of his friends had the Lord's Tower on, and as he began to listen, he began to be convicted of his sinful life. And he began to repent. And he find, he asked a friend, what is his email? I want to write to him. And he wrote to me what happened. And he says, uh, my friend had you on the computer. I was listening to you. And I was being convicted to repent of my sinful life. I've been a homosexual for so long, he says. And I'm repenting. I'm broken for God now. I'm being broken. Why am I being broken this way? I've never been to church before. Why am I being broken as I listen to you? And I said, it's the Lord working in your life. Praise the Lord. Give your life to the Lord. Give your life to the Lord. Thank you there. I have a judge, a judge writing to me right now. A sister, she's a judge, brothers and sisters. Can you believe that? A judge. I had a dentist. I have a dentist who plays, who plays my program in his office, and people get touched. Praise the Lord. He ministered through, 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 the, through the program. He puts the program on, on, on his computer, and his patient come in and listen to, to, to the program. Right now, I have a judge that just wrote to me. She's a judge. She told me she's a judge. Praise the Lord. She listened to the Lord's hour faithfully. Praise the Lord. Isn't God great? I had a professor also. I think it was two professors for two different universities that, that came to the Lord through the Lord's hour. It don't matter who they are, lawyers. I got friends, lawyers, hallelujah, that faithfully listen to the Lord's Tower, too. Praise you, Lord. It don't matter whom they are, brothers and sisters. The Lord is bringing them. The Lord is saving them. The Lord is rescuing them. Because everyone is noticing that something is about to happen and that they need Christ. They need Jesus in their heart and life. And a lot of people are wondering what is going on. What is happening? Why do you feel that judgment is about to come in your heart, in your life? What is the shaking that some people feel in them? And is God quickening them to come? I have a few rabbis, true rabbi, real rabbi, that listen to the Lord's Tower. One of the rabbis says to you, I, I found interesting. I just had one write to me. I think it was yesterday or today. One of the rabbis was writing to me, listening to the Lord's Tower. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. God is touching anyone. It don't matter who. Arabs are listening to the Lord's Tower. Jehovah Witnesses listening to the Lord's Tower. Catholics listening to the Lord's Tower. Praise you. That's why I tell people, don't offend anyone here. Preach to Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. Do not offend them. Do not offend them. Praise you, Lord. Priests are listening to the Lord's hour. I have a priest from Florida, hallelujah, that's, that's faithfully been listening to the Lord's hour for over a year now. He's a priest. He listened to the Lord's hour. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. You know what? One of the things he mentioned to me, that some people that come here and they offend people. Why don't they do that? Why don't they just share the word? Why don't they just share the Lord and let people decide, he says to me. And I said, I agree with you. I agree with you. Thank you, Lord. You don't need to offend anyone. 
preach on Jesus. Bring them the gospel of salvation. Tell them that Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, and the only life that no one can come to the Father except through him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So some of them only come when I come on the Lord's Towers. Praise the Lord. They tell me, we love to listen to you. Praise you, Lord. Imagine priests out of Rome listening to the Lord's Hour live. The priest was telling me that some, some of the people in Rome and the Catholic Church listen to the Lord's Hour. So he also put the Lord's Hour and finds it interesting. He finds that interesting. I said, you see, it is the Lord touching them. It is the Lord bringing them. Thank you. And they don't need to come on the shot room. Not, they don't need to. Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. It's God touching people's heart. God touching people's life. Why? Praise you, Lord, because God is calling anyone. God is calling anyone. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. There was a brother. I didn't want to say his name. He was talking to this brother who owns a company in Washington, D.C. Praise you, Lord. And when he told him about LV, he says, you're talking about LV from the Lord Tower? He told him, yes, I listened to the Lord Tower. This, 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 this guy from Washington, praise the Lord. People in Washington, D.C., listen to the Lord Tower. How do you like that? You see, brothers and sisters, praise you, Lord. People there are close to the White House. I had a, 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 a brother-in-law who worked in the Capitol, too, in Washington, and he told some of the religious leaders about me also. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How I was on the radio. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe that's the way they, they found out about me. Praise the Lord. But the Lord has put in favor on this program. It has people from Europe all over the world and all over the United States to listen to this program. Praise you, God. And they can tell you, what is of God if God is moving because they are being touched by God? They are being quickened to repent. They are, quickened, they are being quickened to repent and seek the Lord and prepare. They are being quickened to repent the sins, brothers and sisters, because we all need the Lord. We all need Jesus, brothers and sisters. That's why we were all created by him. John 1, 1, 1, 2, by him all things were created, and without him nothing was. Without Messiah, there was nothing. God used his own son Messiah to create everything. We are tied with Messiah. We are one with Messiah in creation. When we were created with Jesus, that means we will be tied with Jesus forever, brothers and sisters. Because without him, nothing can be. Nothing can exist. That means you and I, all creation, is tied with Jesus. It's tied with Messiah Jesus, with Messiah Yeshua. We are all tied with him. Although he's at the right hand of the Father, we are tied with Messiah Jesus. Because Father God used him to create you and I to form us in the womb of our mother. Again, the Lord told me today, to remind his people that they are unique, that there is not two of them in all creation, that you are special to him. It's a word he says to me. Tell them that they are special to me. They are unique, and they are special. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Remember, my dear sister, 
Remember, my dear brother, you are special. There is not two of you in all God creation. If you feel down, don't be. If you feel left alone, don't be. If you feel that no one loves you, God loves you. Jesus loves you. If you feel alone, the Lord is with you. Christ is with you. If you feel that there's no one in your life, Jesus is in your life if you receive him as your personal Savior. If you feel no one loves you, Jesus loves you. If you feel there's no one in your life special, Jesus is special, and he's in your life. And he wants to love you, and he wants you to love him back too. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Jesus loves you, and you are special to him, to Jesus. You are special to Father God. Thank you, Lord. Commit your life to him. Commit your life to him. I thank you, Jesus. Don't let anyone tell you that you're not good, that you're worth anything. That's a lie of the devil. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You are special. And if you are lost, something special is lost. It will hurt God if you are lost because he loves you. It will hurt Jesus very much if you are lost. If you are lost, it will hurt Jesus very much because he loves you. And you are so special. And there's not two of you in all God creation. Prepare your life with Jesus. Prepare your life and repenting. Thank you, Jesus. James 2.23 says, The scriptures was fulfilled, which said Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Isn't that awesome? That you can be the friend of God. Hallelujah. Your relationship with God, you can be his friend. Jesus Christ is my friend. You can be his friend in relationship. I thank you, Lord. But that's when you fulfill, which said Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. What he believed, what he said, moved God in his life. To cleanse and prepare his life to heaven, brothers and sisters. That's what God will do for you and I. If you believe God, if you seek Jesus, he will prepare your life for you to come home. Depart your earth to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus loves you. Yeshua loves you. The Messiah loves you and wants you to be with him. The Messiah loves you. The Messiah loves you. Jesus loves you. It don't matter what you are. You might be in the Catholic Church. You might be, hallelujah, in a place where you're trying to see God. But somehow you don't feel his presence. Somehow you don't feel close to God. But you can get on your knees wherever you are right now and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I repent of my sin. I believe you die and were raised on the third day according to the scriptures, according to the word of God. I'm sorry on my sin, Jesus. I repent my sin. I give my life to you. Come into my heart and live in me, Lord. I give you my heart, Jesus. I give you my life, Jesus. And the Lord will change your heart and life. The Lord will make you a new creature. A new creation. A new man. A new woman. He'll change you. He'll change your heart and life. He will live in you. You will not be alone. You will have a great partner, a great friend in your heart and your life. 
It will be Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The Messiah will live in you. He will live in you. Thank you, Lord. Now you don't need to pray to Mary or Buddha or Muhammad or Allah. Now you can pray to Jesus Christ. You can pray to Father God through the Son. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. Jesus said. It will be given to you whatever you ask the Father in my name, he also said. I thank you, Lord. Jesus wants to answer the prayers of your heart, the petition of your heart. They may be many, but he doesn't have a problem answering them all. He is not bound by time. He is not bound by what you and I are limited by. Jesus Christ is not bound by any of these things. I thank you, Lord. Yesterday when I was taken to the millennium, what a strength I received. In the presence of Jesus, I was in the presence of Jesus, hallelujah, for all those hours. And I had such a tremendous peace, tremendous love. I was being loved by Jesus. He was giving me rest. You know, I needed that rest. He was giving me that rest in the millennium as he took me there. And I was delighting on how he's going to renew the earth. He's going to renew the earth. He's going to make all things new. As he promised, hallelujah, he promised he would, hallelujah, and he's not a man that he will lie, hallelujah, he will make all things new, we can believe that, we can expect that, because God is faithful, our God is good, our God is not a man that he will lie, he has so much in store for you and I, Jesus Christ has so much in store for us, so much in store, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Revelation 21, 5 says, And that he that sat upon the throne, that is Jesus Christ, said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these things are faithful and true. Oh, that is so beautiful. He's going to make all things new in your life. In our life, and on earth soon, he begins with your heart and my heart. He's making everything new inside of us. That's why he wants us to cry out for him. Because as you pray, as you fast, as you cry out to Jesus, he begins to work in you. He begins to make you new. Oh, God. He is so awesome. He will begin to change us. Praise you, Lord. As Paul Went to the Corinthian brothers and sisters in First Corinthians, Hallelujah, five seventeen. The apostle Paul went to the Corinthian, and this is a message he preached to the Corinthian and said, John, Second Corinthians five sixteen and on. Therefore, him for we know no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yea, not him for. Now we hear no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, let him be a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God. We have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. He has given unto us a ministry, a reconciliation. Reconciliation, brothers and sisters. 
We, the well, everyone, is being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ today. Will you give your life to Jesus? Friends, is there any friend listening, give your life to Jesus. And you will be reconciled with God through Christ. You'll come to heaven to Christ. Christ will bring you to the Father. Because no one can come to the Father except through him. Christ will bring you to the Father. I remember the other night when Jesus showed me a way, the narrow way that we all talked about so much. And Jesus was showing me the narrow way. And as I was looking in the spirit, the narrow way, I saw Jesus walking in the narrow way. And Jesus says to me, I am the narrow way. And I rejoice. And he's right. His Bible said that he is the way. He is the narrow way that we all walk through every day, brothers and sisters. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What an awesome Savior God has given us, brothers and sisters. What an awesome Savior. What a great Savior. What a great Savior Father God has given us, brothers and sisters. We can be so, hallelujah, we can be so joyful in him. We can have so much joy in him, brothers and sisters. He wants us to rejoice in him. He has so much to give us through his Holy Spirit, his Ruach HaKadosh, his Holy Spirit in us, quicken us to seek him, quicken us to repent, quicken us to come closer to him, because now is the time. We are being quickened to come closer to the Lord. We are being quickened to repent. We are being quickened as a bride of Christ to prepare because Jesus is coming soon. The Lord Jesus is about to appear to us in the cloud. Now down here, like many people once, he's going to appear to his people in the cloud. I remember when Jesus showed me, I was the first to arrive at the cloud. I, that was in the Revelation. And I hope I am the first. Anyway, I hope I'm the first in the wedding to eat your cake. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. So I was the first to arrive in the cloud. And when I looked at Jesus, he was standing there with the desire to see his, his bride coming into the cloud. And all of a sudden, I saw the bride of Christ, my brothers and sisters, coming into the cloud. And at the moment they were coming into the cloud, they were being transformed in that glorious body. And as they looked up Jesus, I was looking at the eyes of my brothers and sisters as they looked at Jesus. And people could not stop staring, cannot stop looking at his eyes, cannot stop looking at his beauty. And the Lord was looking at them with such a love, like I waited so long for this moment. Jesus was looking at people. And my brothers and sisters, praise you, Lord. But let me tell you what happened that uh, yesterday morning in the millennium when Jesus took me there. The Lord, we were having a conversation in my house the, the, the night before, how close we are to be going home. We're making all these plans. And the Lord was reminding me in the millennium, there is no sin there. There's only the presence of Jesus there, brothers and sisters. And it was so awesome. I had nobody telling me otherwise, which is good. You don't want people, on one side of the year, someone's telling you something. The other side of the year, someone is telling you something. One sent me an email, I believe this. Another one sent me an e another email, I believe this other thing. And I just try to get along with everybody. I tell the people, do not argue with people. Praise the Lord. You, you, I teach the word of God here. 
If people disagree with the word, they have a problem with God, not with me. That's the way I see it. They have a problem with God and not with me. Now, if I'm teaching the word wrong, I always tell people, you can tell me, Brother Alvy, I don't agree with what you just said about the word of God. And that's fine. That is fine. Thank you, Jesus. That is fine. Because a lot of people will say, well, I don't agree. Okay, so what do you think? Praise And why do you think that is true? Let me share another Bible, another maybe 200 or, or 20 more Bible verses that confirm this verse that I just shared. Thank you, Lord. So sometimes when I share about the rapture or the cut up in the air, I have all these Bible verses that confirm it. And I have shared them even from Genesis in the Old Testament. I love it because some people did they, not thought of Bible verses that I share from the Genesis about the rapture. And when I share them in one of my programs, they were like, wow, I, I didn't know this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you believe that Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins, it's, it's a type of the rapture, right? The, how many of you believe that? I want to see a one in, in the chat room. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Praise you. Go ahead. How many of you believe that Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins, is the rapture? How many of you believe that's the rapture? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I want to see. I want to see how many of you believe that Matthew 25, the, the parable of the ten virgin, five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Hallelujah. It was Jesus showing the rapture in, hallelujah, in the book of Matthew. Now, some people say, don't use the word rapture, Brother Elby. Use another word, apostle. Okay. I like the word departure that was taken away from the King James back Earlier than the six, 1960, 1900, I'm sorry. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. God is so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because I haven't shared this for a while, and I feel like I need to share it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 2, I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 2. I want to show you something here. Praise you, Lord. And I, I want I want I want to compare this to the rapture. I want you to see in Genesis what I share about the rapture. Thank you, Lord. Right? I haven't done this for a while. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, Genesis two twenty one. Genesis two twenty one. Praise the Lord. Let me let me highlight it. Let me put it in, in the chat room. Praise the Lord. I want you to see the rapture there, the snatching away. Some people like that, the snatching away. Praise you, Lord. And Genesis 21 said, Therefore the Lord God caused a heavy sleep to fall upon men, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead of thereof. Let me tell you what happened here. Here's the type of the rapture. Hallelujah. The bride is represented by Eve. Adam represents the earth from the dust that was made, from the dust that will return, right? I hope we're on the same page. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So as men fall to sleep, right when he's asleep, right at the midnight hour, God takes out Eve. God takes out the bride out of the earth. You see the ratchet? 
You see the rapture right there? He's asleep, midnight hour. He takes the bride out of the earth. Hallelujah. When he wakes up the next day, 1 o'clock, Eve was out. The bride was out. <laughs> There's so much I can share in Genesis about the rapture. Thank you, Jesus. You see one there? Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. There's so much in Exodus. I can show you, hallelujah, the rapture in Exodus, brothers and sisters. It's all over the Bible. You see the significant Adam is represented by the earth, from the earth that was made, from the earth that will return. He's asleep, midnight hour. Eve is taken out of him, represented by the bride. She represents the bride. The bride is taken out of him as he's asleep to heaven. When Adam opened his eyes, boom, Eve is already out. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. The righteous all over the Bible. I told people for many months now, thank you, Jesus. The rapture is all over the Bible. In Exodus, if I, if I can have some time, I can also look it up in Exodus. So you see, that it, every book, I can go by every book and show you the rapture is there. It is there. God put it this way for us to see it in the sermon. But he has to reveal it to us. Jesus revealed this to me. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's all over the Bible. Thank you, Lord. We just need to seek it out, search it out. It's there. Thank you, Jesus. Let, let me play some music because I'm going to go to Exodus. Look it up real quick. Because I, I want you to get excited about the departure, about the going home with Jesus. Get excited, my brothers and sisters. Get excited to be going home with Jesus. We are going to meet the Lord in the air, brothers and sisters. We are going to meet our Lord, our God. Thank you, Jesus. We need to be excited. Praise you, Lord. I'll be back.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. That is so awesome, brothers and sisters. The Lord reigned. The Lord Jesus Christ reigned. And that's what's important. Thank you, Lord, that he reigned, that he's our king, that he's our everlasting father. Thank you, Lord. And that need to be, we need to be ready, praise the Lord, to be with the Lord, to meet the Lord in the cloud. Thank you, Jesus. Because the Lord is going to come for us very soon. Thank you, Jesus. And our lives need to be ready for him, brothers and sisters. We, the Lord is going to come and bring us home, but he's going to take home those that are obedient. In Exodus chapter 1, we got the, 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 the story of the midwife, how the midwife, when Pharaoh gave the order for the child to be killed, brothers and sisters, the midwife preserved the life of the children, of the children, of the Hebrew woman. Praise you, Lord, how the bride is being preserved so she may have life through Christ, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Those children, God had a purpose with those children. Thank you, Lord, that were being preserved by the midwife. God has a purpose with each and one of us, and that's why we are being preserved. Thank you, Jesus. We are being preserved with the purpose of God. Hallelujah. We're being preserved. We are being taken out of the way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, of evil before the tribulation be gone. We are going to be taken out. Thank you, Lord, very soon. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. We are not going to see the worst because God has the best already prepared for you and I. Those that go home in the rapture, are going to enjoy the wedding celebration. Thank you, Lord. Are going to have an exodus in their life. Exodus, a type of the rapture. The people get taken out of Egypt with the great hand of God. We get taken out of this earth with the great hand of God before the judgment comes down, before the bending of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, brothers and sisters. And we are being preserved, yes. Although the enemy means to kill us, we are being preserved like those children. Thank you, Lord, the bride of Christ. Thank you, Lord. A lot of people have, have said, how is the bride of Christ being, prepared to, uh, being compared to the Jewish people? What is it, what is it they have in, in common? And we have so much in common because the Jewish nation came about by the miracle of God through the midwife. So as the bride of Christ comes about, hallelujah, by a miracle of God, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. And there's so much, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I need to rest my throat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, hallelujah, uh, put out the latest prophecy. I have the latest prophecy to be played. Thank you, Lord. And I will be back, God willing, tomorrow night. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. And I will share even more. I will encourage you even more to seek the Lord and to prepare for his coming. Stay in repentance. Stay in holiness, seeking the Lord. Know and understand that God loves you and that Jesus loves you. And by his blood, we are cleansed. We are prepared. We are being made ready as we repent through the blood of Jesus. 
the blood of Yeshua. He's doing this because he loves us very much, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Hi, y'all. How are y'all doing today? I hope that you're having a very good day today. And I just feel the warmth of the presence of God right now. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to try to get through this video without being goofy. (laughs) Well, I am just here to bring you... Um, the 2016 Prophetic Word of Encouragement, and it's pretty long, so you might want to get some coffee or tea or water, whatever you drink. Maybe you drink Kool-Aid. I don't know. Um, And I'm just going to get right into it, okay? Are you all ready? Um, I'm really encouraged this year, I'll just be honest. Um, Oh, yeah, sorry about the clock. It's going to go off every 15 minutes. Kind of got a new setup here, and I hope this works. But I still will do some videos in my car, just so you know. All right, you ready? Well, um, this first section is, oh, I'm going to be reading a lot, by the way, because there's just a lot here. So, um, But this first section is titled, Turn Negative into Positive Through Prayer. Okay, so we're talking about 2016. And just so you understand that when, when God speaks, he doesn't mean, um, you know, his words are eternal. And they transcend time. And so um, a lot of things that he showed me even in 2014, I'm seeing happen now. And so um, I know that we just, we will start to see the start of some of these things that I'll talk about today. And even just in your personal journey and walk with the Lord. So, all right. So this is what happened. It was around October, maybe November. I can't remember. Um, I usually, every year, I'll get a theme that rhymes with the number of the year. And this year, I kept hearing in my head, 2016, rage against the machine. And so I was like, okay, what does that mean? Now, back in the day, I, you guys that know my testimony, I was a partier, and I partied, and I loved the one song I knew from them called Bulls on Parade. So um, I I thought, well, I guess I'll just research because I really don't remember what the lyrics said because I was probably like 19 years old when that song was popular. And um, so I got to researching, and uh, the song is pretty crazy. The lyrics um, had really no idea what I was listening to. <laughs> That's why we need to be careful about like letting children listen to certain songs because They have no idea what they're listening to, but I don't want to get into any kind of teaching on this, and I probably should, but, um, yeah, praise God for his protection. That's all i got to say. But um, not that I don't like Rage Against the Machine anymore, because I don't know anything about them. I just haven't listened to them in a long time. So if you're in the band Rage Against the Machine, I love you, and I bless you, and Jesus loves you, and I just... Speak the fire of God all over your life. <laughs> so, okay. So, anyways, I found out, and I, um, I quote, they have been noted for their fiercely polemical holom- music, which brewed sloganeering leftist rants against corporate America, cultural imperialism, and government oppression. The members of Raging Against the Machine were well known for their leftist and revolutionary political views, and almost all the band's songs focus on these views. So, 
That's just what I saw on Wikipedia. And um, so then when I researched this, I don't know, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to pray against civil unrest for 2016. Just to pray against that spirit of civil unrest because we know that we don't battle people. We battle principalities and powers of darkness in high places. And so um, I felt like the Holy Spirit said that and that everybody would find just a complete and perfect peace in what Christ did on the cross alone. Like, he is peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Um, so, like, I typed this up, I believe, New Year's Eve. And then um, I found out on the 4th of January that this is already happening. Like, there are some very unhappy people who have seized and occupied an unoccupied government building on some wildlife land in Oregon. And they're protest protesting against government occupation there. So some of you probably already know that. I don't really know a whole lot about it, but I just think it's kind of interesting because I'm like, man, that started fast. So just it's very important we pray. Um, we don't pray against people. Obviously, we pray that everybody just gets whacked out with the love of God. Um, and then, like right around Christmas time, or maybe it was a little bit after Christmas, um, I was just thinking a thought. And this, I finished the thought with my mouth, and I said, like, slave a slave. <laughs> and I was like, where did that come from? And um, so I thought, okay, well, I know, I think Flavor Flav is a rapper, so I'll look him up. So I looked him up, and he's also in a group called Public Enemy. And they also express their political views and beliefs through music, which is awesome. I think we should all be able to express ourselves through some our art, you know. And of course, I just love I just love Jesus so much, like, and I love to express that. It's just, man, I'm so, man, I just have been feeling His presence so strongly lately. It's awesome. But okay, so what stood out? though, about Flavor Flav, and I didn't know this. He wears a giant clock around his neck. And I thought, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, it's time to watch and pray. And I was given the scripture, Luke 21, 34 through 36. But be on your guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down and depressed with the giddiness of debauchery and the nausea of self-indulgence and the worldly worries of life. And then that day when the Messiah returns will not come on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on all the face of the earth. But keep alert at all times. Be attentive and ready. Watch and pray. Praying that you may have the strength and ability to be found worthy. And to escape all these things that are going to take place. And to stand in the presence of the Son of Man at his coming. So I can honestly say I've never listened to Public Enemy. I was searching and searching like for songs that maybe I've heard before, and I didn't recognize any of them. And I can honestly say that Bulls on Parade is the only song that I've ever heard from Rage Against the Machine. So I really believe God was speaking a message just through these random things that I was hearing in, in my head and sensing in my spirit. Um, let's see. So just... I'll end this section. Let's just continue to pray that the enemy's plan to cause people to have civil unrest and turn on each other be stopped. Like, let's just pray it be stopped before it happens. No more senseless killing. 
Um, let's pray that they would all encounter the perfect love of God that casts out fear and hatred and anger, especially fear. Now, I will say on the flip side of the song, Bulls on Parade, I believe that we will see many bull markets around the world beginning to rise in 2016. A lot of people are doom and gloom about the economy right now, but I honestly am not because that's not what I'm hearing. Um, so, Bulls on Parade, so to speak. Uh, this will be a time of receiving our inheritance to fulfill our destiny so that a harvest will come in for the Lord, a harvest which is the reward of his suffering for advancing his kingdom so that we can speed the gospel to the four corners of the earth and to all those who have not heard about his love and how much he loves them and ultimately see his return. Now, after this whole Bulls on Parade prophetic message the Lord gave me, he gave me several confirmations and I'll share two. One um, was, I was, I'm on, um, my cousin, she posted a picture on Facebook, and it was her and her boyfriend at the Houston Texans uh, game, and there were bull statues in the background, and she titled the picture, Bulls on Parade. So, I mean, it was just like, literally a couple of weeks after that first time I heard that. So, needless to say, I was like, what? And um, she didn't have, like, she didn't know that I'd heard all that. I hadn't talked to her about it, so. And then, um, one of my spiritual daughters, she was in New York, and she was on Wall Street. And she saw the Wall Street bull statue, and she, she just texted me a picture. And I was like, I had no idea that was even there. So, I just thought it was interesting. Okay, this next section is called 2016. Oh, so like I heard another like um, another slogan that's much more fun. I heard 2016 God's Kings and Queens, and I was given Revelation 1 5 and 6, and from him, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And then I was given First Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There it is. Your chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Um, there it is, royal. That's the word that I was looking for. So this is what I see. I see like um, the true sons and daughters of God, his kings and queens, like breaking up with an antichrist religious system. And I see a tearing taking place and that it does hurt because we have, you know, we, there are things rooted in religiosity and man-made traditions and ideas that we've believed for a long time. And it hurts when we stop believing those things because it becomes a comfort zone and we have to end up really stepping out and trusting Jesus um, that he is our total righteousness. And that he's the one who makes us holy. And that it's his Holy Spirit living in us and leading and guiding us to live a holy, righteous life. It's not our own works. And that's hard to do. 
But I see that um, happening. Um, this anti-religious Christ system is built on striving, condemnation, feeling like you can never do anything right, and feeling like God is mad at you, and you'll never be able to live up to his expectations. Let me tell you something. Aren't you grateful that Jesus Christ met all those expectations on the cross? He said, it is finished. And so I see this breakup happening during an intimate time when we spend at the feet of Jesus, worshiping him, just getting to love on him and letting him love on us. And um, what is going to happen as we adore him and he adores us and we allow him just to pour into us, um, he's going to flip all these lies that we've believed that have been rooted in fear and witchcraft, which um, have fueled all religious systems for thousands of years. Um, he's going to flip those lies we have believed about him and turn them into the truth of who he really is. It will be a supernatural renewing of our minds as we sit at his feet and learn from him and his ways and intentions that are towards us that are very, very good. As a result, we're going to fall madly, just more madly in love with Jesus. And we're going to receive more of his love. And we're going to um, have a constant flow of his love. I just prophesy that over you this year. And good things are going to happen. You're going to, good things are going to come into your life. And even in the storms, you're going to have peace. Because, like I said, his peace and his righteousness and joy and love, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those are good things. And those things are still going to happen to you. It's going to be like this dynamic right alongside, even when you're going through tough times. And I can see emotional healing breaking out over you right now. I can see physical healing and spiritual healing breaking out over you. You're going to start loving who you are in Christ this year. You're going to quit being so down on yourself, and you're going to really start loving who you are in Him. Um, it's going to be a very beautiful thing. And I also see autoimmune diseases just fleeing. Like autoimmune diseases cannot stick around because you're going to really just like love Jesus and you're going to let him love you and you're going to love yourself. And autoimmune diseases are going to just, they're going to uh, depart in seven ways in Jesus' name. Um, the devil will pay back all that he has stolen. All right. You ready for the next section? Get you a sip of water. I even brought coffee, but I think it's probably a little bit cold. Mm. Okay. Now, um, this next section is called Renewing Your Youth. 2016, so this is what I kept seeing for 2016. 8 plus 8 is 16. 8 means change and new beginnings. Some of you are going to experience a double new beginning that's good this year. Two good changes. The Holy Spirit highlighted that at the age of 16 is when we get our driver's license and we start to drive, and a whole new world is opened up to us. Like, we just have this whole new freedom opening up to us. God is going to renew your strength like that of a youth this year, and he's going to open up a whole new world to you. Let him renew and strengthen you. So when I went to find scriptures about uh, being renewed in our youth, like renewed as in the youth. I Googled it. I actually Googled. This is what I Googled. I Googled renewing of our youth. And the top site that came up was driver's license renewal. <laughs> I was like, wow. And so I was like, definitely confirmation. Uh, but this is one one scripture I found, Psalm 103.5. 
You satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I may soar again, like a flying eagle in the sky. Now, the Hebrew text here, um, good things, you satisfy my every desire with good things. Listen to this. The Hebrew text literally means with good ornaments. Now, I don't know if y'all, if you've seen my, if you haven't seen my video about the ornament, you need to watch it. Um, God showed me the connection between the infinity sign and this ornament. What are the odds? And that just happened a few weeks ago. And then the part that says that I may soar again actually implies in the Hebrew both strength and beauty that he restores. Okay, so I love it. And then Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. When I bought my 2016 calendar, that was January's scripture. I thought that was so cool. So a whole new world will be opening up for some of you this year. And some of you, you're going to receive a brand new car. I just prophesy that over you right now. And that's going to be a prophetic sign of uh, some new things coming into your life. So, you know, some people say uh, 30 is the new 20 or whatever. Well, I say any age is the new 16. So, okay. Um, infinity. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I do want to say something. There's a friend of mine on Facebook, and he's older than me. Um, him and his wife are friends of, with me and my husband. Um after I got this prophetic word about, like, being 16 and all that and renewing of the youth, um, he posted a picture of when he was 16 and had a little story behind it. And I was like, okay, thank you, God. Okay, the infinity symbol. Now, I've talked a little bit about this in another video, but, um, man, the infinity symbol has been, God has been just, like, bombing me with infinity signs everywhere. Too many to keep up. This is what he showed me, though. He showed me that, the infinity sign is the number eight, which means new beginnings. Lying down, the eight is lying down. I'm sorry. He showed me that the infinity sign is the number eight. And um, eight means new beginnings, but it's lying down. And when we lie down, we rest. And we rest in his promises. We trust in God and we receive all he has for us so that we may offer it back up to him for his glory. We lay down all that hinders and entangles us so that we can run the race. I'm sorry, so that we cannot just run the race, but we can fly above it and soar with him. Um, Hebrews 12, look it up. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to, time is kind of getting away here, but Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, look that up to, um, for that part. Okay, God's love is infinite. It will never run out. But as we see, um, like, the changing world behind us, we're not afraid. We're like the infinity sign. During the changes, we rest in him. Um, here are some infinity signs I've been seeing. I was vacuuming at my Nana's, and when I went to put the vacuum cleaner up, the cord was in the infinity symbol on the floor there. And then I was at... Uh, having coffee with a friend and I saw some headphones on the floor somebody had left them and they were in the shape of an, of an infinity sign and then part of it was casting an infinity sh sign shadow so two eights um, the next day after that 
I looked down on my coat and there was a strand of hair in the infinity sign. One strand of hair. Within a week's time, I came across two employees at two different places with infinity tattoos. One had a face uh, written inside the infinity sign. The other one had hope. And then like the next night or next couple of nights after that, my friend, we went to dinner. Oh, sorry, I'm moving this. There we go. We went to dinner, and she was wearing an infinity sign bracelet, and it said love, faith, hope, and love. That was the order. Um, I looked down at my rug one day at home, and there was a snag in it. In the snag, sorry, I'm holding the phone. It's hurting my arm. The snag was in an infinity sign. My cousin texted me two nights before Christmas and said, look outside. The clouds are breaking up, and it's making an infinity sign. Um, for Christmas, my sister-in-law received a bracelet with infinity signs and opals. And opal means God's promises because it reflects all the colors of the rainbow. Uh, a friend of mine pointed out that our Christmas card that I sent out, our family Christmas card, had two infinity signs with the words promise and goodness on each side. And I never even noticed it until she pointed it out. And there's a lot more. Those are just a few. Okay, the Lord's been highlighting diamonds to me. Okay, this is what happened. I'm sorry I'm shaking the thing. I don't mean to do that. I hope y'all are okay. Okay. What happened was, um, well, one day I just started, like, randomly using the emoticon, the diamond emoticon. I just, like, started randomly using it for fun. But then the Lord just, like, started showing me diamonds everywhere. So let's talk about a diamond. A diamond in the Greek is called adamas, and it means unbreakable. Most diamonds are formed from very high temperatures and pressure and are brought close to the earth, uh, to the surface of the earth through volcanic activity. They also reflect light from their cuts, so the more cuts, the more light. So, this is what I'm getting. God's sons and daughters, his kings and queens, are emerging this year from the heat of what feels like volcanic eruption, fiery and pressure circumstances, but we're emerging unbreakable. We will shine his light through all the cuts of hurt and pain that have been healed and made whole by the blood of Jesus. Here are some things that the Holy Spirit has been showing me about diamonds. This, it actually started in 2013. There was just like a one month I was seeing a lot of stuff about diamonds in 2013. And so I started thinking, you know what, I'm going to, I started thinking about diamond mining companies in America. And I thought, well, I'm going to pray about uh, investing in startup diamond mining companies. So I just prayed about it. I haven't done anything because there's not really anything like that. So I've just been praying about it. And maybe we'll see this in the future. But Colorado was specifically being highlighted to me. And then this last November, um, I saw a um, – oh, wait, I already said that. Oh, yeah, okay. This last November, I saw Johnny and Lowe had posted on Facebook that a – 1,111 carat diamond, 1111, which that number is prophetic to me. Um, carat diamond had been found. It's the largest that has been found in 100 years. The company that found it had all their losses erased in one moment. So isn't that cool? And I just believe that's trumpeting something for us. It was an illy classification, which means almost no impurities. And the valuable was incalculable. Calculable. I hope I said that right. It's kind of weird with words sometimes. 
The post alone made me pay attention, though. So right after this, I saw uh, my mom, my stepmom, post a diamond ring ad, and it said, what does each diamond mean to you? Okay, and then I saw a picture on Facebook that said, pressure creates diamonds. This is just the start of your shine. I saw a diamond commercial where rainbow light was coming out of the diamond. It's just shining out of it, rainbows, and then much, much more. Well, um, this last week, well, today is actually, I'm not going to post this today unless I get it edited and up and running, but today is uh, Thursday, and just, uh, I think on Monday, I saw that some confirmation about all this. There is actually volcanic activity going on right now in Eastern California. It's like the Eastern California border into Nevada, and um, it's been increasing. And so these, there are several dormant volcanoes that have been dormant for like 10,000 years are all of a sudden having major activity. And one of the volcanoes is called Opal Mountain. Isn't that interesting? And I remember diamonds surface through volcanic activity, and so I just feel like it's do I feel like, oh, there's going to be a crazy volcano and everybody's going to die? Or, oh, there's going to be a crazy earthquake and everybody's going to die? I don't, that's not what I'm saying, okay? A lot of people love to do that and they love to use fear. Um, they, it's like fear of pornography to them. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I see. What I saw with all this is that it's trumpeting the rising of God's diamonds. And I actually saw a post last night that, um, prophetically speaking, speaking, God is, for women, and I've heard, I've been feeling this for a long time, for women who have been hurt and abused for very long, for a very long time, he's um, putting his diamond ring on their finger. I saw this just last night. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's all just a prophetic trumpeting. So, diamonds. Y'all let me know what you're seeing. I want to know too. Remember, I told you, I've told you before, don't just listen to my videos. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Let this stuff be confirmation. Cardinals. Okay, so I know we see cardinals every year around Christmas, but for some reason, I felt like they were being highlighted by the Holy Spirit this year, and there was like a message in everything that I saw about cardinals. So let's take a look at them. I, I like to do this. When I feel like I'm seeing something over and over, I like to research it and just kind of you know, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to me about it. So you should do the same. Um, first and foremost, cardinals are red, and that represents the blood of Jesus. There is nothing more powerful than the blood of Jesus. Um, let's always remember that this new year. Cardinals don't migrate. They stay year-round. That's 12 months. And when they lay their eggs, their eggs don't hatch for 12 days. So 12 uh, is a reoccurring number with cardinals, and 12 means government. Jesus will set up his kingdom and government, and there will be no end to it. A cardinal song is extremely clear, and it sounds like this. Cheer, cheer. Males and females sing together. I believe that some of you will see some reconciliation between husbands and wives this year, and they will be under the unity and power of the Holy Spirit. Male cardinals are very good fathers. They share equal duties with the female. And so some of you this year are going to see fathers coming around, being the father that God created them to be. And for those of you who have estranged, those of you, sorry, for those of you who have estranged fathers, you are going to have a supernatural grace and love to forgive them and a mercy for them. When cardinals defend their homes, 
the crown on their head like raises up and it looks like fire, which is interesting because I saw a cute little post of this lady. Um, her son got a little minion and he had some fire on his head. <laughs> so when I read that, I thought about the minion with the fire on his head. Um, so it raises up and looks like fire. So this new year, when the enemy comes to attack you, the Holy Spirit is going to cause a fire to hit you first. And it's going to hit you from head to toe, and it's going to cause the enemy to run away fast. Okay, so um, here are some things I saw towards the end of the year Oh, to, about cardinals. So I saw a cardinal um, sitting, like a picture of a cardinal sitting on a birdhouse with a heart, and hearts have been really uh, big for me. And I immediately thought of Haggai 2.9. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I shall give the ultimate peace and prosperity, declares the Lord of hosts. In all this, the Holy Spirit has been showing me the name Xavier too, which means a new house. So some of you may be getting a new house this year. But I, for me, prophetically, it's like the new wineskin. Like God is just, he is. Uh, forming and fashioning us and continuing to take us from glory to glory into the image of his son that and we're becoming a new house to house his glory i saw another facebook picture with a cardinal and it said when cardinals appear in your yard it's a visitor from heaven my nana's tablecloth had cardinals all over it i received a gift card for christmas and it had two cardinals on it i saw a picture of a cardinal with the it's like the um, less than sign with the three, so I saw them in the row. So to me, it's three, three, three. And when I see three, 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 I'm reminded of Jeremiah thirty-three, three. Call unto me, and I'll answer you, and tell you, and even show you great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. So that's what um, I saw. Oh, my parents gave me a stocking for Christmas. It had a cardinal on it. And then a couple of days after Christmas, I took a nap, and it, that's really rare. But when I got up and went into the living room, on um, the TV screen, I saw the word cardinals really big. And the cardinals were playing the Packers. And the cardinals won. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. And I think, like, in the next commercial, it said, I saw Xavier, which I think is a college. I thought that was interesting. So... There's just so much. Actually, I'm not sharing everything with you. There's just sometimes it gets overwhelming. But I am going to try to share as much as I can as the year goes on. Um, so here's the conclusion. As I've been reading through November and December's um, journals, God like prepping me for the new year this last November and December, I kept seeing the time is now. It was everywhere. I saw it throughout just driving around or just it was repeated over and over. In 2016 is a leap year. God will catch us up this year because now is the time. All that you have felt was lost and stolen actually was just put on hold, okay, for a short while. God is faithful. He always keeps his promises. On New Year's Eve, I saw three different posts in a row from three different people that says, 2016, here we come. And indeed, ready or not, 2016, here we come. So... I just hope all of this encouraged y'all, and um, I I want to do, I know a lot of y'all don't have Facebook, but I do nature prophesize pictures and other things that I like to do ministry through, 
Um, so I think, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and open up my Instagram, which below will be the name of it. And because I do my nature prophesy pictures on there. So some of y'all have Instagram, but you don't have Facebook. Um, and then I'll try to do, you know, some, the, some of the stuff on here too. But, you know, um, these are all nice and encouraging prophetic words that God uses to sustain us. And he does great and mighty things through them. But the most important thing is that you know that you're loved and you're highly favored, whether you may not even know Jesus at all. And you, some of you that are watching this may absolutely hate me. Like, you're like, that's just a bunch of bull what she's saying. But you know what? I still love you. And Jesus loves you. And he's the best love story of your life. And if you don't know Jesus, please reach out to me or somebody. And I want to help you come to know him. Um, he's the best love story ever. He died on a cross and he came back to life and he lives forever. And he shed blood for you and he doesn't want you to be depressed anymore. He wants you to be filled with joy. So I just release the joy of the Lord over you right now in Jesus' name. He doesn't want you to have insomnia. He wants you to have a very good night's rest. So I release over you a good night's rest tonight and through all of 2016. And I rebuke nightmares and night terrors in Jesus' name. And he wants, um, wants you to be addicted to his love, not to alcohol or drugs or food or people or yourself or sugar or whatever. He wants you to be um, addicted to his love. And so I just pray that in 2016 that you understand you are a king if you're a man and you're a queen if you're a woman. And there is nothing better than being God's kings and queens, his sons and daughters, that we are in full need of his grace, his goodness, his love, his mercy. It's nothing we do. It's all him and his love for us. Well, I guess that's all for now, and hopefully I can start. Please, y'all pray for me just to, like, be focused on. It's, that's one of the things, like, just being focused on. I'd like to do a video once a week and just um, to encourage you as time goes, okay? This is a long video. Thank you for watching. I love y'all. Bye. Yesterday's prophecies, today's headlines. This is the Hal Lindsey Report. Now, Hal Lindsey. Good evening and welcome to this special edition of the Hal Lindsey Report. The 2015 Prophetic Year in Review. From the perspective of Bible prophecy, 2015 may be remembered as the year Satan's key project began to rise. Since at least the time of Nimrod, Satan has been laying the foundation for a one-world government with his man in charge. Through the millennia since, He's had successes and setbacks. But in 2015, the foundation became complete enough for him to begin building the actual edifice. 2015 seemed to bring us to critical time when Satan's one-world order got on final track. One of the major steps in that direction came from a surprising source. In 2015, the Republican Congress authorized sweeping new powers for the President of the United States to negotiate trade deals. What do trade deals have to do with a one-world government? 
Let's look at one such agreement. On October 5th, 12 Pacific Rim nations agreed to form the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or TPP. The terms were finally made public on November 5th. Congress cannot amend the agreement. It must vote yes or no, and that won't happen until at least February. But right now, TPP looks like a shoe-in to pass. Prophetically, the important thing is that this so-called trade deal actually forms a new governmental entity separate from the nations that agreed to it. Article 27 of the TPP says, The parties hereby establish a Trans-Pacific Partnership Commission. The Commission shall consider any proposal to amend or modify this agreement and take such other action as the parties may agree. The Commission, created by the treaty, will have the power to change the treaty however it sees fit. This means not the U.S. Congress and not the legislatures of the other governments involved. Only the TPP Commission will have the power to change the treaty. Like any government, the Commission will have its own courts. They are called arbitration tribunals. These courts will have the authority to impose multi-billion dollar fines large enough to harm even the United States economy. The taxpayers of any government that does not comply with the Commissioner's orders will pay dearly. If it were only about trade, it would be bad enough. But this monstrosity of an agreement is about all kinds of things other than trade. It includes such provisions as immigration, redistribution of wealth, education, human rights, gay rights, same-sex marriage, gun control, health care, women's reproductive rights, abortion, and sustainable development. The TPP Commission has the authority to protect wildlife, trees, and wetlands. That means it controls the water and the land. It has the authority to stop pollution wherever it chooses. Sounds great until you realize that pollution is often simply a matter of opinion. That gives the TPP Commission vast and vaguely defined authority over everything from major industries to family forms. As to trade, it gives foreign corporations full access to American markets and gives them huge advantages over American companies. It limits the ability of individuals and groups to boycott products from specific nations. If, as private citizen, you decide to organize a boycott of that product, the TPP stipulates that you can be sued. Maybe you simply prefer American-made products. Under this agreement, there will be no more made-in-the-USA labels. Why would a trade agreement eliminate nation-of-origin labels? Also, why would a mere trade agreement need to create a new supranational government such as the TPP Commission? What's really going on? This is about ceding national sovereignty to international agencies. It's taking a giant step toward one world government 
the Antichrist, and Armageddon. It's about placing everyone under the control of a ruling elite that ordinary citizens cannot vote on, remove, or replace. This is just one of several new extremely intrusive trade agreements now being finalized, including the TPP's companion treaty, the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership. But in 2015, TPP was not the worst deal of the year. In fact, it wasn't even the second worst. That distinction falls to the Iran nuclear deal. But the worst international agreement of 2015 was voted in unanimously by every member of the General Assembly of the United Nations. It is a so-called climate agreement known as Agenda 2030. The TPP agreement contains a clause stating that each party affirms its commitment to implement the multilateral environmental agreement to which it is a party. In other words, TPP signatories will be compelled to implement everything in the Agenda 2030. TPP tribunals will sanction any of its nations that do not fully comply, even if Agenda 2030 is not ratified by Congress. The TPP is a trade agreement that isn't about trade, and Agenda 2030 is a climate agreement that isn't about climate. Both of them are about the accumulation of power to an elite few. Agenda 2030 plans to reduce violence and death rates. What does that have to do with the environment? And how is it even possible to reduce death rates? The death rate has always been 100%, and the UN can't do anything about it to change it. But in trying, they can gather a great deal of power to themselves. Goal 16 of Agenda 2030 says, Provide access to justice for all. That's not about the environment. That's about the nations of the world ceding power to a supranational government. The agenda says, by 2030, provide legal identity for all, including birth registration. Again, that has nothing to do with the climate change and everything to do with the construction of a one-world government. The UN, or whatever world governing entity supersedes it, will have an accounting of every person on the face of the earth, plus the biometric data to identify them with a photo, a fingerprint, or the minuscule amount of DNA found on a fallen eyelash. This will lead to the most extreme totalitarian regime ever conceived, and, eventually, to the mark of the beast. Climate change is the excuse for all of this. That's why the UN, NASA, and other agencies have been willing to lie, alter numbers, and generally disregard common sense in their push to make the world afraid of global warming. I'm not saying they're all world government conspirators. They each have their own reason for pushing the climate agenda, but the net results will be yet another step toward global government. Al Lindsay is pleased to present his first ever audiobook, 
faith for Earth's final hour. Read in its entirety by Joel Weldon, professional voiceover artist. Recognizing the truth of Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. This audiobook is now available for purchase in three formats. A nine-CD set for $44.99 plus shipping and handling, a USB flash drive for $44.99 plus shipping and handling, or as an audio download from HalLindsay.com for $24.99. You can order your audiobook of Faith for Earth's Final Hour by visiting HalLindsay.com or phoning toll-free 1-888-RAPTURE. In 2015, Pope Francis joined the call for global governance by elites. In June, he said, International negotiations cannot make significant progress due to positions taken by countries which place their national interest above the global common good. In other words, nations tend to act in their own best interest, and he thinks that that is bad. He also called for global regulatory norms to impose obligations and prevent unacceptable actions. He is calling for nations to be regulated by a higher agency. And in this context, regulated is just another word for ruled. He said continuity is essential because policies related to climate change and environmental protection cannot be altered with every change of government. In a democracy, changes of government come from the will of the people. But he says that when it comes to the environment, government should cease to be responsive to the people's will. He wants to empower the elite few to write Ten Commandments-style laws on unalterable tablets of stone. He clearly forgets that only God gets to do that. The Pope has been hoodwinked by the secular agenda of those working for a one-world government. He seems not to understand that the 2030 agenda is not about climate. It never was. It is about the politics of a new world order. Climate fears will provide the moral justification for a few people to seize control of the whole earth. Democracy in some form has taken root across most of the world, but the elites can see what we all see. Representative government has stopped working well. It's inefficient. It's vulnerable to extremists. Most of us believe it's the best we can do until Jesus returns, but it's breaking down. The ultra-rich and highly honored of the world intend to take charge believing that they are better qualified to run things than the great unwashed masses. Little do they realize that the power they seize now will soon be taken from them by an even smaller, more powerful elite. For the last couple of decades, European leaders have welcomed massive numbers of Muslims into their countries. But in 2015, the tide of Islamic immigrants rose to unprecedented levels. It went from migration to invasion. Islam probably does not have time to become dominant in Europe, but is growing so fast 
that will create the kind of chaos from which the Antichrist will rise. While the United States has been thinking and talking about ISIS, Al-Qaeda and the Taliban have been reestablishing themselves in Afghanistan. During the campaign of 2012, the president bragged repeatedly that Al-Qaeda is on the run. But at the moment, Al-Qaeda is getting ready to run Afghanistan again. Al-Qaeda was never destroyed, and today it is growing across the Middle East and well into Asia. Their attack on a Mali hotel in November illustrates their increasing strength in Africa. As we enter 2016, Al-Qaeda remains well-organized, well-funded, and a force to be reckoned with. But it is no longer the big boy of world terror. That position now belongs to ISIS. In just two years, the Islamic State grew from Obama's JV team to a nation of its own. It now has a terror organization that reaches into the whole world. In 2015, the president said ISIS has been contained. Later that very day, an ISIS attack in Paris brought France and much of Europe to a screeching halt. Just over two weeks later, ISIS loyalists attacked the U.S. They killed 14 in San Bernardino and seriously injured another 22. ISIS has not been contained. It has spread. Its tentacles now reach into much of the world, including the United States. Terrorism makes people afraid, so they demand the government protect them. Government then increases protection by placing more controls on citizen rights. More government control means less individual freedom. Fear of terrorism joins fear of climate change and fear of economic meltdown. These things open the door to a supranational government agencies promising safety. In other words, these fears have us well on the road to one world government. As I prepared for this week's program, I was again struck by the speed with which events are moving into the scenario the prophets predicted for the end times. I believe we're there. People on the street are talking about what all of these things mean. Folks that wouldn't darken the door of a church or pick up a, a Bible are now very curious. This may be our greatest opportunity, maybe even our last opportunity, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ before we're silenced by political correctness. The message that God has given me is more important now than it's ever been for the church and for the nation. That's why I'm asking you to help me to expand our reach. To support this program, send your tax-deductible gift to Hal Lindsey Media Ministries, P.O. Box 470-470, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74147. You can also support this ministry online. Visit HalLindsey.com or call 1-888-RAPTURE. And thanks for being a vital part of my team. In America, schools have redefined tolerance. In 1998, Josh McDowell and Bob Holsettler wrote a book called The New Tolerance. What they saw then has today mushroomed into brutal new despotism known as political correctness. 
Tolerance used to mean forbearance, or to allow, or to agree to disagree, even to endure what you don't like. But schools today teach that tolerance means full endorsement, and that anything less than full endorsement equals intolerance. It started with the issue of homosexuality. Children were taught to believe that if you don't endorse and promote homosexuality, then you must be an intolerant bigot. In the last decade, the same absurd thinking has spread to Islam. So to teach school children tolerance of Islam, they are taught to embrace Islam. Ironically enough, the Muslim faith is the most intolerant of all major religions. Yet in the name of tolerance, schools teach American kids the tenets of Islam. In the United States today, we're not just importing Muslims at a fantastic rate. We're taking our own spiritually starved kids and turning them on to Muhammad and Allah. More and more young people who have no family or national ties to Islam are being caught plotting terror attacks in the name of ISIS. In his famous opening to A Tale of Two Cities, Charles Dickens wrote, It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. We find that sentiment in every generation. Some take comfort in it. Yes, things are bad, but they've always been bad. And besides, good things happen too. Jesus compared the time near his second coming to the days of Noah and Lot. In both stories, he emphasized that people took comfort in the sameness of things. Human activities continue as before right up to the end. And just as it happened in the days of Noah, so it shall be also in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same as happened in the days of Lot. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting, they were building. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It shall be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. Peter wrote, Scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. On the surface, things seem the same, and yet everything important has changed. Later in that chapter, Peter quotes Jesus saying, The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Paul also quoted Jesus on this, For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they're saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly, like birth pangs upon a woman with a child and they will not escape. He was speaking prophetically about us, this generation, and our time. But for those who know Christ, 
the teaching does not stop there. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. That's why Jesus laid out signs by which to know his return is near. So we won't be in the dark, so that the day will not strike us like a thief. We will never know the precise time, but we are supposed to know when we have entered the general time frame. And friends, we're there. People allow themselves to be lulled into complacency, saying that everything is as it has always been. But deep down, they know something's wrong. The world feels askew. People are on the edge. Today, a car backfires and you hear someone scream out, then sheepishly look around to see if anyone noticed their small moment of terror. Something falls from a supermarket shelf and everyone ducks for cover. Something's off. Something's wrong. People feel it, and they're afraid. Just before Christmas of 2015, Disney, the new owners of Lucasfilm, released the seventh Star Wars movie. It wasn't a remake of the first one released in 1977. But it hit all the basic themes of that giant hit. If you adjust for inflation and look at the largest grossing films of all time, you find something in common to almost all of them, a spirituality that loosely resembles Christian faith. It is not real Christianity. Call it Christianity light. While the most successful of all films usually have spiritual themes, they're not spiritually challenging. They're spiritually comforting. So it is with the Force. In Star Wars, the Force awakens. The most frightening line in the movie comes from one of the good guys, a character called Maz. The Force is calling to you, she says. Just let it in. It's scary because the Force of Star Wars is not the one true God and if you just let it in, when a spiritual entity calls, you will find yourself in a world of troubles. Revelation predicts a coming world religion. I'm not saying it will be based on Star Wars, but the mythology of the Force is one of many elements laying the groundwork for the coming religion. The success of the Star Wars films has been analyzed and psychoanalyzed. It has been dissected by everyone from the movie studios trying to replicate its success. I think the success in 1977 and again in 2015 boils down to something extremely basic. People are hungry for meaning. They're spiritually destitute. They don't know it, but they feel it. The original Star Wars and its latest film are both extremely religious movies. In 1977, America was going through a Christian awakening. I believe the overwhelming success of this new film shows that the fields are once again ripe unto harvest.
Next time, part two of the 2015 prophetic year in review. But before we go, I need to talk to some of you who need to realize that you must personally accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know, if we personally accept that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, and we ask him to come into our heart and make us what God wants us to be, we realize that because he lives, we have a new life. We can enter into that righteousness of God which is in you. Now, how does God transfer his righteousness into you? It's simple. He puts us in union with Christ. And that's a relationship so real that it will transfer God's righteousness to you. The righteousness of God is in your union with Christ. And that's what's going to give you a ticket to heaven. But you've got to receive it personally. Do it now. Well, that's it for tonight, folks. God willing, I'll see you next week. You've been watching the Hal Lindsey Report. To support this program, send your tax-deductible gift to Hal Lindsey Media Ministries, P.O. Box 470-470, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74147. You can also support this ministry online. Visit HalLindsey.com or call 1-888-RAPTURE. Welcome to the coming apocalypse. Evangelist and pastor Paul Bagley will take you on a journey into the end times prophecy. He'll examine current world events and explain how they relate to the end times. For decades, Pastor Bagley has provided people all over the world with an understanding of today's world events from a biblical perspective. Now here's your host, Pastor Paul Bagley. Welcome. This is the coming apocalypse, and I'm Pastor Paul Begley. And you better get ready because we're going to crash the gates of hell today in this broadcast. And you know what? Have you ever felt like you needed, you wanted to do that anyway? I mean, sometimes things are getting so out of control, and life is uh, filled with pitfalls and, and snares. And you begin to realize that there is an enemy fighting you if you're saved. Now, if you're not saved, you need to understand there really is a heaven that people are all wanting to go to, but there's a hell also that doesn't have your reservation. It's not God's intention, but it was made for the devil and his angels, Lucifer. Well, we're getting ready to show you some preaching that we did in April of 2013. I was preaching in Jamaica with 6,000 people in attendance, a message called Crashing the Gates of Hell. And there's no question 
to be an overcomer in, the, in serving the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to understand your authority you have over the devil. You know, Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. Nevertheless, rejoice not, because the spirits are subject unto you, but because your name is written down in glory. And I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. You know, every time folks get saved, I, I let them know. I say, look, God just picked up that golden pen and began to write your name in the Lamb's book of life. And the angels start dancing down the golden avenues of glory because another person has just been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So I want you to set back, take this in, as join the five to 6,000 people that gathered in Jamaica for this message titled, Crashing the Gates of Hell. And the Bible says that the keeper of the prison saw what happened and would have killed himself. Paul told him not to do any harm and he called for a light. Say, spring in a light. And sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Woo! Woo! And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and all that were in the house. And he took them the same hour at night, washed their stripes, and was baptized, and he went all of his straightway. And when he had brought them into the house, he sat down meat before them, and they rejoiced, believing in God, which all his house. And when it was day, the magistrate sent the sergeant, saying, let those men go. I don't think those guys got any sleep that night, do you? The foundation of their soul was shaken, too. Let them go, he said. But I like this part. And it says, uh, And the keeper of the prison told this, saying to Paul, And the magistrates have sent to let you go. So now, therefore, depart and go in peace. But Paul said, Whoa, 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 whoa. You guys here didn't put me here. I want to hear it from the guy that put me here. You tell them to come down to this prison and tell me for themselves. See, don't let the devil off scot-free, folks. When he bothers you, you take him to the cross of Calvary. You remind him what happened on a hill far away. Stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. You take him to the place where the head of the serpent was bruised and the heel of Christ was bruised and the devil was defeated. You remind him daily the power of his crucifixion and the power of his resurrection. Sometimes when I get preaching just real good, I remind the devil of his destiny. I said, may I remind you, Lucifer, I just think I'll take it, just can I do it right? Listen to me, Lucifer, you were defeated at Calvary. You were 
have been reserved in the chains of everlasting darkness and perdition of ungodly men. You're going where the beast and the false prophet are. You'll be tormented day and night, and the smoke of your torment will ascend up forever. And you're not coming out of there because Jesus is holding the keys of hell and death. And hell was not made for one person in this building or anyone watching by television or the internet. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. But it's being enlarged because of those that are following Lucifer into the smoky sides of the pit. Isaiah said, he said, oh, Lucifer, thou son of the morning. How you say that you would exalt yourself above the knowledge of God. That you would set high above the sides of the north, above the congregation. But you have been cut down and you will be clinging to the sides of the pit. And they that see thee will narrowly look upon you and consider you and say, Is this the man that caused the earth to tremble and shook the foundations of the city? Listen, friend, if you die and go to hell, listen to me very closely. As you are falling into the bottomless pit, in an endless fall, in endless darkness, in an endless fire, for endless time. As you fall, you will reach to grab a hold of the sides of the molten lava of the pit of darkness. It might take you 10,000 years. It might take you 20,000 years. But at some point... As you grab a hold and hang on for a few moments, you'll turn your head and the man hanging next to you will be Lucifer himself. And you'll look him into his eyes of demonic oppression and say, Is this the man? Is this the man that brought me here? You! You're not worth it! And you'll hear the weeping and the wailing and the gnashing of teeth and you'll cry to God. Is this the man I followed? And in hell he will be the most cursed, the most hated, the most despised, the most rejected being in the entire gates of hell but for the saints when they ask who we follow when I get a glimpse the first glimpse of that city and I see the twelve gates are wide open And there's 12 foundations made of 12 precious stones with the names of the 12 apostles. And the golden streets is transparent glass. And I hear a voice say, welcome in to the joys of the Lord. I'm going to stroll through heaven's avenues, hugging everybody I see. And at some point, I'm going to see him. And when I do, (laughs) I'm going to say, Is this the man that brought me to glory? Is this Jesus? 
I'm going to ask you to stand all over the building right now in the name of Jesus. Who are you following? Your foundation needs shaken. Your hope needs restored. The devil's stolen just about enough of your life. It's time for you to break out and come to the man called Jesus. The Son of God, the Messiah, the Lamb of God. As you stand there right now anticipating your decision of heaven or hell. If you choose to go to hell tonight. This evening's sermon, this evening's worship, this evening's power will ring in your ears for eternity. You'll beg God for one 30-second chance to run down that aisle and accept Christ as your Savior. And I want you right now, as, as the Spirit of God moves on you, if you want to be a Christian... If you're tired of the sin, if you're tired of the devil lying to you, if you're tired of being defeated, break out right now. Come out. Come now to the altar. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Do it now in Jesus' name. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Ask the person next to you. If they're not saved, ask them. Do you want to go? I'll go with you. Ask them now in Jesus' name. Ask them right now in Jesus' name. Come now. Come now. Come now. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. Come on. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Whom the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. They're coming. They're coming. They're on their way. Satan, you're losing your grip. Satan, the chains are breaking. Satan, you're defeated by the blood of the Lamb. They're coming. They're coming from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. Bring them all. Bring them all. Bring them all. Bring them all. Bring them all in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Wow, are you serious? I mean, all I can say is, you know, there's something about getting in an atmosphere when people, you know, the, 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 when the atmosphere has a spirit of expectancy, well, you know something's going to happen when people come to church or when people gather in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with an ear to hear and with their spirit opened up to receive. And I tell you, the folks down in Jamaica absolutely uh, were ready. And Bishop Dr. Delford Davis, who uh, invited us to come and to preach in that great convention, we're just so thankful. Now... There's some key points that was going on during all of the preaching. We know Paul and Silas got out of prison. I mean, the devil couldn't contain them. See, sometimes we think that when we get a beating from the devil, or when we get attacked by the devil, or when Lucifer tries to derail us, that God has somehow forgotten us, or that we've messed up, or we're not doing something right. Actually, it's quite the, the opposite. If you're actually doing the work of the Lord and pushing forward, you will have opposition. Paul said, when I went to do good, evil was always present. 
And so, look, Jesus went and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, praying to the Father for spiritual strength to be able to withstand the events that he was going to be encountering. And as soon as he got done praying, Lucifer came to tempt him while he was physically weak and tried to stop his mission. And that was to come here to be the spotless Lamb of God, to die on a rugged cross, to redeem man from fallen state, and to put us on a road to glory. Oh, yes. And he also had the intention of crashing the gates of hell. And he did. Praise the Lord. Would you grab a Bible, though? Let's go back and look at those scriptures in Isaiah chapter 14. And right there it is in verse 9. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up from thrones all the kings of nations. All they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials and the worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. Lucifer had decided that he was going to exalt himself above the heights of God. But the prophet Isaiah reminds him that hell is already preparing itself for him and the angels that were in rebellion.